0: Let's, my name is. My name is, my name is Connor, whatever, and this is the 198th episode of Space Fitter 2000. A podcast where two Americans try to make sense of UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD from March and April 1988, progs 616 to 620. Oh. This time, Uh Dread, yeah, listen, we're doing it, Five Frogger. This time, Dread fights a little blue man, Johnny Alpha fights a feral mutant, Uh, Judges Anderson and Corey fight for psychic justice, and Medivac 318 isn't fighting anybody, they're here to help. Great tattoo (laughs)
1: opportunity for anybody who's looking for absolute sadness. (laughs)
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah. Melancholy. If you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files 12 and 13. We're crossing over. Uh, Judge Anderson, The Psy Files, Volume 1, The Sooner or Later Collection, Strontium Dog, The Final Solution, The Daily Dreads 2, and Judge Magazine 338 and 345.
1: How long has it been since we have spoken in person, Conrad. Like a month, I want to say. How drunk am I after we have
0: not been speaking for a month, Conrad? Based on context clues from our 30 minute conversation <laughs> before this one, Fox. One month I of would drinking. Say, I would say pretty. Pretty drunk. I'm, not I'm fairly not, drunk. Not, not, not as drunk as I hope to be in our in our, in two episodes from now in Prague oh, no. 200. Oh no, things are getting
1: real weird. That is, as the children <laughs> say, we will be faded. Which is Ooh. how I
0: normally describe my haircut. Ah, nice. Me too, but I never I don't get haircuts often enough. Oh no, I guess I describe mine as a high and tight, but still. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I would. Mm. Speaking of fancy haircuts, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of fancy haircuts, three hundred one Anderson Side Division. Scifter <sighs> about Alan Grant, Arthur about David Roach, learning about Steve Potter. You know, so, last episode. The, oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: The worst part about looking good and feeling good is someone choking you out because they're crazy meticulous
0: or no activated. No. Yeah, they've been they've been brain surgeried into feeling constant rage. Fox. It's bad times. Yeah, so I, last episode, it's not good. Uh, no. Last episode, Judges Anderson and Corey went to went went to a nightclub to relax when a dude, Mr. Walther, showed up and he'd had, had aggressive rage-inducing brain surgery. Well, I hate
1: your knee pads. I'm just going to shoot you.
0: Yeah, he killed one guy and started generally shooting up the place when Anderson intervened. And now he's choking the life out of her. Meanwhile, a figure in a wheelchair watches through the eyes of Walther, saying he's done well and has his nurse wheel him away. And we'll notice that this is all done through thought uh, thought bubbles that just kind of appear on the page with no tails or anything like that. Through
1: the eyes of a wheelchair a psychic.
0: Whoa! At the club, Walters still choking Anderson to death when Judge Corey interrupts him with an uppercut. I mean, and I will say, this is a Mortal Kombat-esque situation in
1: which every dude is overly clothed, but every woman Mm. feels, like, ready to fight because of how very few restrictive elements (laughs) there are on their body.
0: I mean, that's just the nature of dance clubs generally, I think, you know? You know what? Um, I don't disagree. Yeah, Walter keeps attacking Anderson, who is no longer surprised, so instead she gives him the business. Yeah. DJ Cool Johnny Cool compliments her hey, as the Hey, we're judges... good, right? Like, hey, everything's yeah.
1: great. Oh, no, wait,
0: you're a judge. This doesn't seem good for anybody. Uh, this is bad times. Yeah, the judges call in the crime on their flip phones. Oh, uh, my God. Walter's put in a bed wagon. Yeah. <laughs> there, listen. <laughs> See in the future. It's a Nokia- they're playing Snake on there, buddy. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Walters dun, put the wagon dun, and dun. set aside dun, dun, a vision. Dun, dun. As the judges interview the first victim's wife, it seems uh, that the victim, Meredith, didn't really have any enemies. Sure, there was someone who swore to kill him. Oh, I mean, it did, but that's it couldn't not have been an them. Enemy, right? They're dead. Yeah. Yeah, well, they can't do it from beyond the grave. Or oh, can uh... they? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Beat ya. with With Real lizard quick, men, r- one would hope. Listen, the big the big gap in our recording means we're really tripping all over each other to make these oh, jokes, that's what I'm finding. This is fantastic. <laughs> At the same time, the wheelchair guy is taken to another room. He's got two more names on his hit list, Summers and Grieg. And they the way he's going to do it with, with the shadow government or maybe, um, I don't know, lizard men. No, listen, this guy's got lizard men on hoods, but the lizard men control the shadow government. They aren't the pawns of it, Fox. You sound like an idiot, all right? God, we have not been in connection. <laughs> no, no, no. This is what, we're out of sync. Uh- so Anderson and Corey r- remove their party dresses and put on their judge uniforms mm. then get to work. Anderson goes to scan Walter's brain and when she does a whole bunch of psychic energy comes blasting oh. out of her. this was like this is the advertising yes. image for this you, um story. And it's real awesome. Do you know what I loved about every
1: wording prior to this is that mm. uh, why why are you uh, uh, Star Trek? Oh, I'm Star Trek because I'm the empath. Oh, well, I'm not Star Trek because I'm the telepath.
0: Like, mm. Mm. Yeah, see? You get it. Yeah. Count, uh, Counselor Troy and everybody all over the place. Um, so, something's up with this dude, so she orders him to surgery for a brain x-ray. Meanwhile, a large Sydney Green Street-esque man with a robo-butler and a towel-clad masseuse gets a phone Very call. Very Nice. Yes, he's told that the guy – about the guy killed at the club, but this fella, Morton, isn't worried about it. The voice on the phone says otherwise, though, you should be worried because two of their business partners have been killed in the last two days. He says it's probably uh,
1: (laughs) – I feel like – all right. You're a a man of of business and industry. Yes. Uh, Is there coincidence? Mm. Is there something that's like, well, maybe that's – A little bit connected.
0: Hey, this is the difference between you and me, because I'm 100% coincidence, Fox, I got here by
1: accident. (laughs) (laughs) I did it by meticulously Um, planning to meet you and make this podcast. Oh, my
0: God. I love these characters that we've picked, Fox. They're very real stretches for both of us. (laughs) (laughs) Because I definitely don't plan for shit. Got a giant recap here, Um but so the uh, the guy on the phone says it's due to it's due to Helios, which is also the name of the story, because Helios isn't dead. Uh, Whoa, it's mysterious.
1: Hey, that is Doctor Professor Mister Helios
0: to you, sir, Uncle Grandpa Helios. Uh, we see the other side of the phone: a man with a scarred face and a bunch of goons with guns protecting him, and then so we. And, and we cut to Judge Corey doing some conventional research, yeah. and who, she finds a connection between these two victims, both were in business with a doctor Helios who died almost a year ago. Is, Anderson is has found that, the. Oh, is that uh,
1: investigation, or is that just simply like I? don't no, no, I guess it is investigation. She's
0: checking the records. I, That's investigation. I, I, I'm,
1: I guess what I'm saying is like, is that not what you would normally do? And just say yeah, like, it's, it's a normal
0: it's, investigation. Uh,
1: but everyone seems surprised every time. They're like, "Well, these guys seem to uh, have done some business together." But, uh, well, yeah, you know. So, I, I mean, mean you know, who you cares gotta, that they did business? Look it up, you know, whatever. And that this definitely dead doctor in a world where we live in, where dead doctors don't really mean shit. Put your brain in a robot or a hologram.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it it is definitely one of these things where um the fact that you've got side division investigating it in the, a, a, at all means that you've got to like be more open to things but i think that's the difference between um, the judges who are looking at this stuff and the uh, the the business people here that are just sort of brushing off, oh, he's dead, so he probably can't hurt us. You, uh, you know? know,
1: I've said enough things in a public forum where even though I turn into an arachnid, everybody loves me. I don't know. A
0: fox spider sounds pretty terrifying, to be honest. That sounds pretty um, great, uh, to be
1: perfectly yeah. honest, but that's fine. All
0: right. Yeah. So Anderson's found the brain implant in Walther's brain. And see, this seems very suspicious. The judges decide to <laughs> check it out. The f- they both go to my- the other two sur- – <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to keep it moving, buddy. <laughs> both are going to the two to surviving business partners, uh, Morton Sachs and Jake LaRue, which I'll mention that these guys have different names in this prog than the previous prog where there were yeah. summers and so that I- were still alive. All right. Yeah, no, this is just a mistake, it seems like. Um but at the same time, LaRue is going to uh, is going to the old Helios building. Mm-hmm. He's gonna rekill that dead man, but good. Hey, and we see it inside think, the Helios I don't building. I think he's yeah. actually
1: dead, even though we saw him do a brain hemorrhage once.
0: Yeah, we we see that bearded dude at the wheel with the wheelchair in the Helios building.
1: <sighs> don't you know that's not sawdust, but something else?
0: Mmm. Laroon his goons enter the Helios building find, uh finding fresh high heeled footprints in the dust. Jake kicks in the door and finds the bearded man in the chair. I've been expecting you. Helios Oh, oh. At the apartment of Borton Sachs, Judge Corey learns that Sachs, along with three other guys, invested a bunch of money in Helios' research, but got nothing for it. And then he died at a creditor's meeting from a brain hemorrhage. He's super dead. Mm. It's
1: weird when a guy getting a foot massage from someone who definitely doesn't look like they are with the name that he assigns them. Mm. that uh,
0: listen, uh That's sinister. Above yeah, absolutely.
1: <sighs> I'm. I'm just saying. Like anybody getting a foot massage when a judge shows up, I feel like that person is probably definitely guilty. Steph, one thing I don't want to do when a judge shows up is be like, "Oh, excuse me while I get my foot massage," and don't give a shit about the law.
0: You'd say that they aren't putting their best foot forward. You son of a bitch! (laughs) You son! You son of a bitch! So LaRue also screams that uh, Helios is dead and shoots his body <laughs> But then just sawdust <laughs> comes out ah! Like silicate powder from the uh, From the uh, taxidermist or whatever uh, I don't know sh- Sure, It seems he really Is dead and his body oh, is stuck well, But his mind is alive So
1: long as, as the silica Powder as it burst out had a little Note that said don't touch this Don't put it in your mouth Then we're good <laughs>
0: Oh, man, those packets, buddy. I got a funny story about that that I don't got time for. <laughs> um, anyway, his mind is alive story. and possessing some scary eyes in the shadow. In the shadows. Anderson, meanwhile, bursts into LaRue's apartment but finds it empty. She scans his photo and finds murderous flashes of lizard dudes and Helios' face oh! presiding over it. I, you know, he must have been killed, too. I hate lizard dudes. <laughs> they're the worst Anderson runs to her bike dead or not Helios has a lot of questions to answer for um, at the same, so Anderson's got info on Helios first named Arnold has a daughter named Lydia age 30 whereabouts unknown she then radios Corey that she's heading over to check it out Corey agrees, agrees and, and goes to leave Citizen Sacks and this is where everything no, uh,
1: is bad about you being an empath happens
0: Seriously, Corey agrees and goes to leave. and Sex, who claims that there's uh, no way Helios swore revenge, they were angry at him. Uh, Corey isn't convinced and uh, tells him to get dressed to come downtown for a size scan. Sex disagrees. I guess I'm and orders. I guess
1: I'm just saying yeah. that. Like, look, you can be Counselor Troy, who is a very mm-hmm. powerful part of the Starship Enterprise. Do you know what she sure. doesn't? Well, you shouldn't say that. Do you know what she normally doesn't do? is explained to everybody who could potentially do her harm that she absolutely knows the emotive feelings that they are having in that moment. Mm. I, yeah, I'm I mean, just I saying, know. like, maybe maybe don't play your cards there. All he knows, knows is that you're a side judge
0: and your name. Oh, so you're saying you should walk in saying that oh, you've got, like, fire powers they, or something so the, people will back that's off? That's
1: all that normal people know. <laughs> that's all that
0: any normal. They're like, oh fuck, this person's psychic. Like maybe Maybe there's some kind of like psychic Miranda rights where if you're an empath, you have I to mean, tell somebody. They didn't
1: say that. that
0: that you're an empath. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, that's, but uh, all right. so so Sacks disagrees with going downtown and orders his ninja masseuse Kyoto to attack. <laughs> Which Kyoto really not not like Corey, not yeah. like
1: Kyo- Kyoko
0: or no like anything. Else. <laughs> Likes Nick after Cities. Uh cities. Corey. Uh, uh, oh, she, that's true. Corey punches her in the face, but Robo-Butler Cray is made of sterner stuff. The robot then punches Corey and prepares to make it look like an accident. But Anderson is out front waiting for her. I will say the, the Robo-Butler
1: yeah. is the part that I actually respect the most. Good, yeah. Motherfucker, murderous if Robo-Butler. you. No, not murderous. I'm just saying if I buy a, a Robo-Butler,
0: I kind of, you know. Expect a little Mm, more. Absolutely. Anderson sees Cray about to toss Corey's body and shoots the robot. The machine has exploded, and Sax is in real trouble. He goes to run, but Anderson's outside his front door, pulls pulls a gun on him. Back in Sax's apartment, Corey's okay, but with a crushed hand. And luckily, now Anderson could do a live size scan on Sax right now. Well, that
1: feels pretty invasive. If we were a normal judicial system, let's fucking invade this bitch's mind, motherfucker.
0: Yeah, come on, man. They're Mega City One judges. They don't care. it's, Um, It's what I've missed about going through these prags with you. Oh, yes. At the Helios building, Jake LaRue and his buddies are all dead, some <laughs> in a quite grisly manner, as Helios plots against his final victim, Morton Sachs. Meanwhile, at the Creosus Connaps, which is pretty good, because Creosus was the king of Lydia that famously invented the concept of money, and uh, his kingdom's fall, started, started, started the Persian War, blah, 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 blah ancient history some kind of
1: Interesting. Right
0: but it's a rich guy's, what I'm trying to say. That's so a good name for a rich guy's apartment. Yeah. Uh, Morton Sachs is about to get a mind scan from Anderson, and there's some pretty cool artifacts used here as he does. Um, We just get to the meeting where Helios died, and we see it through his eyes. um, He's presenting the investors with a few inches of monofilament wire, and he says he's close to the breakthrough, but the investors won't hear of it or even what that wire's for. Instead, they insult him and his invention when he has some kind of attack from his high blood pressure. He's got pills to fix it, but he drops them, and the investors could help him, but instead just decide to let him die so they can collect the insurance money. Exactly. This is where I feel like uh –
1: David Roach Roach right mm. uh yes does great work with highlighting things through white and detail mm. work through uh black right yeah where interesting where where you're watching this kind of noir thing play out and shadows mm-hmm. are very important especially as uh Helios kind of damns everybody oh but yeah the Best picture of Helios is not when he's saying anything, it's that he gets his own, his very own panel where his head falls limp and there is (laughs) a very little light on him. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: I mean, it's fucking great it's yeah, definitely great artwork yeah roach is really great i think this is like you know this story does a really good job both of just you know showing us uh anderson and Corey out there having fun yeah. but also these cooler noir elements yes. of like these uh bad guys you know you it's know, this whole mock this and feel to it you know what i mean mm, yeah yeah it does kind of have yeah that kind of mike dory feel a little bit, there we just go with thank you all the darkness in it yeah absolutely uh Helios dies swearing he'll um, he'll make all these investors pay. And uh, Anderson calls in, uh, uh, putting uh, – ar- arresting Sachs for murder, among other things. And <laughs> Sachs said he never actually learned what was so special about that wire, just that it would make them rich. Whoops. Which, you know, come on. You got to like hear what the plan is, guys. So, come on. So
1: that's the th- – I mean you spent two – I mean apparently two million credits is huge. So – why would you not understand why a wire is very
0: great? Or at least ask to have something prove why it's yeah, great. Like why I mean, I guess they were too busy browbeating him that they he didn't even get a chance to make the pitch or like the the explanation. Feels you know? like
1: an indictment of a society that we both live in, man.
0: That's what you get when you get your investments from goons instead of actual venture oh, capitalists. Oh man, you know?
1: That's what I'm talking about. Just let your wire <laughs> art
0: live, my man. Always. Whoa. Sorry. Um, so Sa- 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 Saxon and his ninja masseuse are tied up and the side <laughs> judges go to deal with Helios. Soon they arrive and start to investigate, but Helios isn't worried and instead just sends his lizard dudes to go take them out. Hey fuck. Next em. time Psy die. Okay.
1: So I will I will say this is that is I I wanted I wanted at least to want one of the uh uh next times to be sigh before you buy <laughs> right like would that have been maybe. so hard i feel like maybe it it hadn't existed back then but it was so close yeah. uh that's got
0: a very a very like strontium dog kind of feel to it but like the like the crazy fun strontium dogs not like the uh the like weird depressing ones right? uh, yeah <laughs> like where a dog dies i want say yeah. On the on the topic I should say of a uh, sad depressing things Fox. This is not a transition. Um a oh. weird thing happened actually in our previous episode um that you weren't here for for the uh for the 89 sci-fi special which is that um in there's a story in there where Judge Corey uh dies. What? <laughs> like she um it's man like I, I I'm sorry that like she um Hashtag she senses ruining that- it. She senses the death of the last hun- of the last like humpbacked whale no. and like, commit suicide. Basically, what? it's a real bummer of a story. Oh, that's like, such a bummer. That's a crazy okay, thing. Okay, well but, I gotta read that, but kind of yeah. I mean, not now. But At least. it's weird just because that. I can't – because, like, that story apparently is not going to take place for quite some time. No, really? It's not mentioned in the course of this story. I guess spoilers, Corey survives to the end of, Hel- of uh, Helios. Um And sure. she'll actually show up in a later Anderson story by, by Arthur Ranson later in the year as well. So I guess spoilers that Anderson doesn't die in this story either. But uh- <laughs> I feel – but I feel like, okay. I, I, feel like I, I, I had to address it because it is extremely weird sure. that, um, that they that, – that that like Corey is actively doing stuff and we've just read a comic where she's actively been killed off as well. I mean it's like specials are a little bit less canonical than other stuff but it's sort of an interesting thing. Mm. So anyway, <laughs> speaking of stories coming to a close f- – Oh, my boy. <laughs> Thrill 2, Night Zero. Man. Good. Very very kind of noir, or actually no, I, more
1: like mystery, like, I, like Agatha Christie I, kind of thing here. I cannot I actually say some things that I need to say until the end.
0: Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So, script robot uh, John Brosnan, art robot Kev Hopgood, learning robot Steve Potter. So, crime boss Nemo and his scythe-armed goons. Have socialite Alana Price at gunpoint and a threatening cyber taxi or driver in bodyguard they? Tanner yeah luckily tanner has a plan last episode we saw him on or two episodes ago i guess we saw him on the roof of the dome of the futuristic zero city and now he explains that while he was there he installed a small nuke at the control panel big enough to blow the roof off the city and let in enough rain to break nemo's water monopoly and possibly expose this, expose the city to various designer plagues etc that might be wandering no. out there if they're still there Yeah, Tanner's got the detonator on his palm and is about to set it off when Nemo finally relents. I mean- Tanner has one question. Okay, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, no one wants to design your plague to kill them. Definitely. So- So Tanner's got one one question, who took out the contract on Alana?
1: I mean, it's the big question. He definitely sets out a lot of things of like, here's what I want- out of four things and he's like all right what else and he's like come on man like who
0: who made me deal with all of this because i yeah. i was just driving a cab man <laughs> just trying to do my thing you know i'm very uh, bruce willis in the fifth element here you know um Actually, later at the yeah, home, what, that's, yeah that's, that's very similar this
1: night like, zero
0: kind of I mean, they're both sort of cab drivers that fi- – you know, futuristic cab drivers that find themselves caught up Except in a big power story of love. around a mysterious lady. The power
1: of love isn't about uh, me getting back at my husband as a hologram.
0: The Suppose. power of love is only good for Huey Lewis and the News, buddy. That's what I say. Um, is that him? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, don't know. I, I, I can't get into it. Um, Tanner – so – Later, at the at the home of Daryl Van Dam and his wife, Miranda, Tanner lays it all out. It was Miranda that took the contract out on Alana. God damn Miranda rights. Yeah, because she <laughs> – we're back <laughs> at it. But it was because the previous Alana, you know, the one that was killed previously, was having an affair with Daryl. Uh, she did it all through email and stuff because she's a comp you person. But the twist oh – is that it seems that Daryl actually had Miranda no, killed in the first no, place because so, she had all the money and was he was tired of being ke- being a kept man or something, which is dumb to me. I'd love to be a kept man. Um, so, oh, so <laughs> to be quite frank, the way that
1: this thing's t- that this ties up in the perfect present is a mm. uh, kind of a future shock esque thing where it's like, hey, yes, your hologram wife wanted to kill you, but uh, you killed your hologram wife because you wanted to be with your non-hologram floozy, who your hologram yeah. wife knew. It's a fucking love triangle, but luckily, the clone of the floozy who she didn't like, who you killed your wife to Four, who then was killed by your wife, isn't the same woman oh. because she's a clone. Is totally yeah. into this cyborg, clone killer man. Who yeah, and actually, she's not a cheat or anything. Who actually is kind of the better person to be with because he's just a super soldier who drives a cab. I feel yeah, like he's got a good life. I feel like that's the safest guy you could be in because he's like. I'm just doing it on his job. I don't want people to fuck with me. I'm not going to kill a whole bunch of people. However, let's just glaze over the fact that I beat the shit out of my old sergeant and her club. And maybe only, destroyed... only after his sar- sergeant betrayed
0: him. Hold Fox. on.
1: But was getting all of her water from the guy who he fucked over. <laughs> like, he didn't fuck. He, well, he no, that's true. With Nemo. He, Nemo, didn't, he didn't mess with Nemo. Nemo still has his water monopoly you're, and actually, stuff. He's fine. You're actually right. He didn't too much fuck with that he was just like eh,
0: it's one sunlight hour a day yeah well yeah that's where we get to they, they, they leave but the building he kind of controls oh, sorry. it yeah well kind, kind of so I. so just to clean up here um <laughs> I'm, I'm excited because I love this by the way yeah having, having dropped their truth bomb Alana and Tanner walk out and Miranda's got some very interesting and murdering plans for her philandering mur- <laughs> uh, murderous husband here
1: oh yeah no, a hologram locks a man inside of an entire fucking apartment. It's like, oh, you're going to die. Then I'm going to turn you into problem. a hologram.
0: Yeah. So Tanner, Alana and Tanner ride the elevator down. He was finally able to save Alana's life and after make failing twice smooch. before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They reflect on the difference between the old Alana and this new one and indeed make out. They leave Perfect. the building and look up as the sun rises. But uh, like hashtag only this hour
1: in a day because yeah.
0: we've been living well, yeah, subterranean for a while <laughs> yeah Tanner made some changes to occasionally have some light in the night city of zero just an hour a day for now just a little bit of light on this dark city the end of night zero as they walk off into is the sunset it, is it the absolute
1: end of night Zero?
0: Oh no Tanner and pals will return in Prague 630 for a new adventure beyond zero is it uh, uh, alright because
1: I won't remember uh, I won't, member. I got no member uh-huh. berries.
0: Is it going to be bad? Um, Hold on. I'll say that, like, I think, like, I really like I Night love Zero. This. I think, I think. Night Zero, Beyond I love Zero, it. Yeah, I think Beyond Zero is pretty good. It actually kind of becomes more funny, I'd say. Like, like there's some oh, more humor in Night that's Zero. That's actually
1: good. Because I think it and needs it, to
0: transcend the noir yeah, in a big and, way. And I mean. And that one that they kind of leave the city and have adventures outside of it. If, um, if I think, please. Oh, oh, so I was, was going to say, I think beyond zero is going to be hurt because there's actually a pretty big gap in the middle of it, uh, um, which is not that, that that great, which sort of hurts some of its I, like the storytelling of it. It hurts a um, lot of
1: a lot of this yeah. comic, yeah.
0: And there are future nights, um, like Zero stories beyond that one, beyond uh, Beyond beyond Zero, but I haven't read those ones recently. I remember it's sort of losing something as time goes by, but this first one is good, and I feel like Beyond Zero is good, but it has some production so, problems. So,
1: uh, I will parallel this to something that we are both potentially experiencing now. The future will not understand. Uh, uh, the Netflix series um, Altered Carbon. Mm -hmm. I love this first run, like the first season. Yeah. I think the only way any other season could get better than the first season is taking the first season a little less serious. Mm. Because you need some reprieve from that kind of (laughs) noir-ish aspect. Because if the whole thing is noir, you cut down the number of episodes, you whatever and whatever and whatever. I think... If you play with it a little bit, because it's such a, it is, it is still fantasy, science fantasy. If you sure. play with that thing, it's interesting. I yeah. love this series. I
0: yeah, it's fun. I love this series purely. Just some, just some sci-fi noir, some interesting characters, it's a cool dumb. world. A, a man yeah. punches a woman in an H two O bar. Where it's always raining. There was,
1: that, raining. Night, there was that, that night gang, like, like, like oh the my, gang that oh, was the medieval knights. Oh, my God. After, after his car crunched in Turned on itself a yeah. because they did a thing to it. And you're like, okay, well, that makes sense. You just shrug and
0: you're like, yeah, of course it would happen. Because, because rich people's stairwell had a tiger in it, and they just sort of splash oh past it. Oh, my God. Like you don't even see him engage with the tiger. You just see the after effects exactly. of it. great. That's a great, great part. Because you
1: don't need to
0: see him fight
1: and have an elaborate fight scene with a tiger. You just no, need to it's know. it's more fun to ex- see the after effect exactly of it, you know? Exactly. Like, I had a bad time with that tiger, and you don't need to know the tiger's dead or that the tiger's alive. Yeah, you it just doesn't matter. Yeah, it's good. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It's just beat, beat, beat,
0: beat, and goddamn. Yeah, this is a very, this. This is a fun story. I, 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 really like this night's year. I feel like. Um, if I had one complaint, it's that Kev Hopgood's art can be a little rough sometimes, like it can just be. like, I don't know. It's 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 not the most pristine art we've seen. No. But it's still very good, I, I think. And he does a lot of little things in the side I w- to sort of I like would call build it, this world I and would stuff call like it that. It so a- it's, it's great. I would call it effective
1: but not elegant. How's that?
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, this is just a good good little 10-prog story. It gets in, it gets out. It kind of has some fun along the way. It, you like, know, very much I'm if, looking for, you're like.
1: If every story that we saw way, way back in the day about, mm-hmm. like, I am a troop of soldiers going back to marine times or to cowboy times, and you're like, God damn it, this is 900 panels of me reading a thing. Mm-hmm. This is that given space and and that space being used to kind of tell that story like there is there is a world going on here yeah uh not entirely by dialogue if that makes sense
0: yeah i agree yeah i think it's you know yeah. dialogue it, informs the, fun- the art but art informs the dialogue i guess is yeah. what i mean it's, it's a nice story yeah and it's got good parts i'm i'm a big fan of this night zero story it was great uh, um, uh, but as we discuss this, um, you know, just w- when we think about stories with a uh, giant cat attacking people, Fox,
1: God <laughs> damn it!
0: Thrill three Swifties return. <sighs> uh, Scripture about Peter Milligan, art about Jamie Hewlett, letting about Tom Frame. I'm gonna get this out of the way now
1: because I'm mm. sure I'll talk about it later. You know what I hate? Reading all the things and not looking at all the things. Oh, you yeah, know, is that okay to I say it... like, uh, I know, I know it's Swifty. And trust me, when I, when I make this argument, it is, let me equivocate this. Uh, mm-hmm. Milligan is maybe the best writer to work with Hewlett. Hmm. Because what's being said is to take you out of the situation, but what's being drawn is the same thing. Hmm, interesting. It the way that the writing presents itself is hey, nudge nudge. I, I guess these days you you would say, "Hey, look, I'm doing a Deadpool." But <laughs> but this is so right. far before that and so self-aware with that. Uh I don't think most writers would know I need to be self-aware or alternatively that artist artists need to be so self-aware that what's being talked about doesn't matter hmm yeah it's it so swifty is great there's just a lot of text that gets (laughs) in the way of things that i want to look at
0: yeah i mean i'd say they also fit each other just because i feel like milligan has a very like like you say, he's got a lot of like fourth wall breaks and just sort of like winking at the at the camera and stuff in his writing. Like there's a lot of asides and like jokes just built like 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 throwaway jokes yes. basically just in the in the in but
1: the. But that's the, and that maybe the is
0: text. the best part. Yeah, and I think Hewlett Hewlett's art is like that a lot too. There's a lot of little side things. Yes, and little little like 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 doodles in the margins of his who art cares? as well.
1: Because it's just kind of playful in that way. Yeah. I want to spend more time discovering those things than reading half a paragraph.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is very much sort of the intersection of uh, of this art and uh, and 2000 AD. Frankly, yes. Like, I wonder if we ever take a look at like Deadline or something like that. That would be uh, Hewlett with a little bit more time, a, a little bit more space to stretch out. Interesting. I think. Um, I'd also say let, let's keep an eye out for his work w- w- when we get to it a little later. Um, in I, I guess next year or something. Because like like, what I what I am saying is this is fantastic. What
1: I Mm -hmm. am also saying is it is crowded. Yes, I agree. Highly crowded. Like, I Mm. want to pay attention to all these things, but I also have to read them for
0: a podcast, (laughs) right? (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, Thinner or Bloated presents... So, Nicky Swift <laughs> and his buddy Clinton are in the middle of a time travel adventure to the U.S. South during slavery times. Mm. The lads are about to Not get good. hung, but Clinton has a plan. He got this thingy on his keys that'll make a loud alarm if you whistle, and they could use but it to no scare off the filthy primitives. Well, yeah, you know, all the murder and mayhem and running and stuff have made it difficult for them to whistle, Things are, so, so things are looking pretty bad, until... A sexy southern lady saunters by, and all these damn rednecks wolf whistle at her, and the keys go off. Bell of the ball, if you will. Or, Talk as they say, say, by the bell.
1: Yeah. I, I
0: actually loved... You did go for the first one, Fox.
1: <laughs> it is the... It is what made me appreciate Milligan's jokes. Mm-hmm. Because it was so base, but also so relevant during this period. Yeah, no, it's, that, it's, a,
0: it's a perfect joke for this one. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And for me, at least I, I don't imagine Saved by
0: the Bell was as huge in the UK well, as it was here. It's not a reference to the TV show. It's a reference to like boxing, where if you're about to be knocked out and the and the round ends, then you've been saved by the bell. I don't believe you. <laughs> it's tr- I mean, that's what the term comes from, I Fox. believe you. I mean, that was the... P- I know like, you're right. When people are, I when know people you're are right. saying that they're generally not making a God reference to it. the adventures of Zach Screech and A.C. Slater. Fox. They're talking about <sighs> like you know boxing stuff. I'm
1: just saying that one day she went on to go to being showgirls. Like
0: don't don't complain. I'm saying by the time I get my books and give myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. <sighs> Conrad, um. I love you so much. <laughs> So Clinton explains his situation because everybody can break the fourth wall in this damn comic. He tosses the key ring to some nearby slaves just in case they need him later on. And the lads are off to another time zone. Which happens As to be they... a bunch of skinheads who I guess are Romans. I loved that comment. I loved yeah. it. I loved that comment. <laughs> So as they time travel, the uh, time jerks make, uh, you know, b- making them do this all, explain they got to make it through four time zones and then they can go home. Swifty says they're off doing a Lord Lucan, which uh, Clinton asks him about. And I looked up to see it was he was this English lord that disappeared in 1974 after being suspected of murdering the family nanny, which is kind of interesting. I see. Like something true, I true would not understand. Yeah. Well, you know, this is what we're talking about in this Space Spinner 2000 true crime <laughs> podcast spinoff, you know. Oh, my God, um, Campbell.
1: I mean, uh, yeah,
0: finally, <laughs> finally branching out to the actual to the part to the, the podcast. Where makes money, Fox. We're quite literally. <laughs> I can say lizard people, and it's accepted. Yeah, the boys arrive in ancient Jerusalem, have some fun, but got arrested by some asshole Romans. Ooh. Soon, they're chained and thus unable to reach the time travel invite that would allow them to leave, and made to row a galley and then taken to Rome. But on the way, but they luckily pa- oh,
1: we we know the i guess inherently that your bro knows how to
0: take care of animals yeah you you pick it up yeah as they arrive they bump into a loose lion and clinton pulls the thorn out of its paw i'm just saying that
1: you know fact that i got podcat is a
0: natural role towards uh nature yeah, good times. <laughs> Later at the arena, the boys are tossed in and forced to face that same line Clinton helped earlier. It totally spared <sighs> if he wasn't so dang hungry.
1: I, I again, a nature role will help you with this.
0: Oh <laughs> God! Listen. I didn't focus on nature, buddy. All right, I focused I, on spot, I'm, and I focused on um, on a search so I could, like, you know, be aware if I'm trying if I'm, I'm ambushing this D and all right game. I'm not saying that I am playing
1: for for effectiveness. What I am saying is that if my character has lived with a cat most of their life and paid an exorbitant amount of money for that cat to come with them to another country. Uh-huh. I goddamn better d- well be able to tell when a when an animal is upset. And animal
0: is happy. We're getting dangerously close to our does Craven the Hunter have the Ph.D. discussion? Fox. I, uh, I'm, I move on. I'm not gonna lie. It, everything comes back.
1: <laughs> to, it does not not everything goes back to 2000 A.D. Everything comes it does, back. Shout
0: out. Also comes back to our Craven the Hunter conversation. I uh,
1: um. both of those things are true. Everything yeah. does so, actually come back to both.
0: <laughs> the lion attacks, but Mickey knows the knows martial arts, specifically the ancient British martial art of boot in. <laughs> boot to the face of the beast buys them time to activate their invite and escape. Next, they find themselves at a Yes concert in the mid-70s. And then just fall they, asleep and, and wake up during the same set
1: 24, 24 hours later, later. And they're able to walk away. I feel like I – so – this is one of those things where I get it. And also not yes, buddy. And also I get it and I appreciate it. <laughs>
0: it's fine. It's good times, you know? I, no, but it also makes me feel old. I mean, I don't know. I never went to a yes concert in the mid seventies. I you didn't know? need feels to feels go to a yes concert off to know me, you know? Well, I think that you just proved the point in a way. <laughs> I went to a Sticks concert at the Ventura County Fair once. Oh, it was like decent. What, what year? Yeah.
1: What year? Because we were- Last year. <laughs> okay. We were definitely not there at the
0: same time. No. I've seen I've seen Styx, Smash Mouth, and Sugar Ray. Oh, Only S oh, no. at the Ventura so County I've, Fair.
1: So I've seen, I've seen Sugar Ray at the Ventura County Fair, but not when the Ventura County Fair was like- the Ventura oh, County
0: Fair. You were at the grounds. Yeah, yeah. Sugar Ray good in concert. I find no. Any, oh, they were, were fantastic we're in concert. Topic.
1: Not when they are the uh, the only set for the. <laughs>
0: I don't know. We we we, we got to get back to it, Fox. I know. I would love. <laughs> they you. end up in the in in the next time zone where they find themselves in at the site of the newly finished Taj Mahal. Swift has swaps some something. Goddamn jewels. Well, first he swaps. I believe a signed picture of Richard Branson. Though I could be wrong. For a sweet <laughs> hat. And then goes to pull a couple gemstones from the wall. He does, but those were apparently load-bearing gems. Listen, every gem collapses. Every,
1: I I will hit. Hold on, I have to move this drink over here so I don't do this. Every gem is a load-bearing gem.
0: There we go. That's fair. The Taj collapses. It's time to run. They do and lay low for a while and are able to return to the Time Lounge. But before they can go through customs control, the jerks, the Time Party, offer Swifty and Clinton a chance to come party with them. Ah, of to, course, uh, you know for the rest of eternity. Swifty rejects this offer and the lads head out, avoiding Whoops. customs. Back in the present, they find themselves back at that rich kid party, but the rich kids are with, with the rich kids about to attack them, but frozen in place by time. Ooh! it was all just to make me jealous and then I'm gonna say some horrible shit that makes me really not like Swifty the lads take this opportunity to kick the rich kids asses and this in turn lets Mickey regain the affections of his girl Wendy good times until
1: he says well I'd hit her too but you know we're having a good time it's rough in the late 80s I like it was a bit much I mean, yes, of course, how he ended the sentence is, oh, she would beat the shit out of me. And I'm like, I feel like everybody says that, but also no one yeah. says out loud that I could just beat the shit out of yeah, somebody. It was, a,
0: it, it was a different time, you know, But and, and it's a better time when Swiftie reveals that he smuggled several giant gemstones okay. from the Taj Mahal in his hat. I mean, if anything, that absolves
1: him. <laughs> if you. If you got money... It it doesn't matter
0: how warm you'd be with somebody. Yikes! The lads and their respective ladies retired to a tropical island. Things are looking fine, at least until the time cops show up and arrest them. But until then, let's just relax in the sun. I mean, and I don't when know. Will those? Uh, uh, how soon will anybody show up, man? When will they arrive? Sooner or later. The end of Swifty's return! Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Peter Milligan will be back in January of 1990 for a hip detective Bix Barton I can't oh, believe we're getting to that guy oh my gosh that sounds and fantastic Jamie Hewlett will return for the story Hewligan's haircut in October of that year I I feel like that's so close to the name <laughs> yeah it's I mean a big it's Hewlett's Huligan, definitely like Hewlett and Milligan's names mashed up together you know I'm alright with that but I'm excited for that one. That one's a surreal, I mean, there, um, a surreal masterpiece for 2000. There, there yes, is maybe. this interplay
1: between the both of them that I have felt through the entirety of this.
0: That yeah. I enjoy consummate Totally, yeah, I like these guys. You know, like I, they're It's an interesting pairing. I think. I think these guys work to each other's strength, or no, they sort of have similar strengths and they work around each other. I think it's 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 cool though. I, I I like this story a lot. Yes. And hey, speaking of things that test the limits of sanity, Fox. <laughs> oh no, little blue men. Thrill Judge Dredd. Script Robot for Judge Dredd. John Wagner and Alan Grant. Art Robots, Chris Weston, Dougie Braithwaite, and John Higgins. Letting Robot, that Tom frame. My boy! Judge Barry Curtin is having an in-depth psychic, uh, psych evaluation surrounded by machinery and tech judges. They're asking him the hard questions, but he's acing them because they're actually being answered by Mo, the devilish little blue man that lives inside Barry Curtin's head. Uh!
1: But there's one man who is not convinced.
0: <laughs> yeah, Barry completes the test as Dredd looks on. There's some irregularities in his readings, but not enough to disqualify him. Barry ends the eval by making the standard impassioned, I might be zealous, but I get results type speech. <laughs> but I get results. Curtin's let off, but Dredd isn't convinced and orders discreet surveillance on him. The tech judge objects, but Dredd asks him to humor him. Later, Curtin's running down a perp, tackles and beats him, uh, finds a bag of shouter powder on, a, on his person. and he gives him five years for possession and ten for manufacturing. But is also kind of gonna stamp his face with a th- Thing that's probably gonna kill him? Yeah, the perp offers to finger a supplier in exchange for leniency... But Curtin says no go and instead decides to torture him a bit, putting his head in a die stamper. The perp still gives up the info, but Mo tells Barry not to let him out and instead just like pop this guy's head like a grape with the stamper. Barry smiles big as he presses down on the perp's face, but from the corner of his eye, he sees a a mobile camera. He lets the perp out and tells him and takes him to the cubes, wondering how much the department saw. I mean they saw a good part of it
1: what with that droid that they injected with uh Leia had the truth serum mm. poked Oh yeah 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 the, uh, the interrogation droid right thing so much more sense
0: in my brain <laughs> See, Speaking of seeing a lot of things a dreads call to watch the video as Curtin Pumps iron in this sexy ass judge gym I mean um. every gym with judges, a sexy judge, Jim. That's true. This one especially, though. Um, um, and he, we, he, we see um, uh, Barry's having a discussion with Mo in his head. They're both worried about what will happen once the bosses see the video. And they decide it might be time to blow MC1 and head to South America, where their talents will be appreciated. <laughs>
1: Apparently, but- South American judges have a, a lot more leniency.
0: Which, indeed, all right. <laughs> to do that, they need some seed money. And as Dredd's watching the tape and interviewing the perp with the die stamped face, the perp overheard Curtin talking to someone named Moe, and Dredd's said to handle him, but he's the, the judge is currently radio silent. Quite
1: honestly, I feel like if you killed a lot of very giant ants,
0: all of South America would be like, that's our guy. No, you kill a lot of ants but then they they uh they just assume that it was the nukes that killed them even though you in fact you and your partner Captain Via di- die killing the queen ant deep underground, Fox. You wouldn't they they just start the process all over. Again. Yeah, it's very it's sad. sewer level is uh is real. Shout out to Ant Wars.
1: Ant Wars so
0: good and was so good. <laughs> Definitely, man. You did that on this on the Mega City book club. That's an awesome time. Um so Barry mean so B- Barry's watching some Mega City gangsters head out, uh, you know, go to a drug deal, putting a silencer on his lawgiver, he blasts the driver's brains out, kills a guard, and then jumps into the basement where the deal is going down. <laughs> and all this is actually pretty cool. It's a very action-packed is, section here. It is so good. Barry rolls into the drug deal and blows massive holes in the perps with a giant scary smile on his face as Mo cheers him on and warns him of hidden bad guys, which is kind of interesting Got the using him as a spotter here. What? Or is it his instincts? Hmm. Ooh. He kills one of these guys by shooting through a suitcase full of this chowder powder stuff, and it seems like it just messes up your brain when you take it, because it just kills all bunch of these guys instantly. Just I like th- to, like, to like imagine fumes. it just makes a really good chowder. Uh, but what if it like, like you, turns your brain to chowder? Like suddenly, you just got a bunch well, of like clams I, I and like I, it's uh, just that every, like, like, like a cream sauce in your brain.
1: Everybody gets like real strict about like oh god, sugar thing bad. It's true, but like like tasting actual like chowder, you just
0: apply it to hot water and suddenly it's chowder. Like and I guess ugh. meat is illegal in Mega City One too. So well, like you know, exactly. the very seafood could be bad there too. That's where, that's where, like, chowder powder, I'm like, hmm,
1: apparently, like, all of Massachusetts and Long Island would get fucked.
0: Yeah, Manhattan style, still legal in Mega City one, strangely. Uh (laughs) 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 Oh, it's a chowder joke, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Um... Barry takes the money as Dred arrives on the scene. He walks through these murders as one of the criminals begs Barry for mercy. Mo and Barry aren't in the mercy business, though. And right, no. Mo? That's right, Barry. And shoot the perp right in the face as Dred <laughs> arrives in the scene. I <laughs> like your Archer joke. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> sort of. It's. I'm glad you picked it up. It's like it loses a little something when it with people have two different names. Oh my god, uh, that's right, <laughs> Evil Barry. Barry plays it straight just enough for Dredd to lower his guard, and then draws down on Dread. Slide your gun over. Evil Barry Mary. proceeds to ha- like regular, you know, regular Barry and regular mm. Mo, just both evil and crazy. Barry proceeds to have a conversation with Moe in front of Dread, uh, getting real crazy. I mean, he, he forces smacks her to him to cuff himself to a face. pipe. What the fuck? Yeah, cold cocks him. Yeah, that's great. Two hours later, Barry's bike is found, and two days later, he's still missing and is assumed to have left the city. I like, I like that the whole way this ends. Where's Barry? Are missing? Definitely. Um, the tech judge from earlier has done some research on Curtin it seems when he was four his parents were killed in front of him Batman style he was inducted into the academy his full name was Barrymore and his parents used to call him Mo. Whoa! Whoa. he must actually
1: have some psychosis where Moe is actually some kind of Uh, trapped adolescent hatred that he has of all these bad dudes.
0: Whoa! Listen, yeah, he's a sad, traumatized kid, but he's also a bent judge and a psycho killer, so Dred promises to find and deal with him. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, run away, buddy. Making a lot of references. (laughs) Dred promises to find Barry and deal with him, and he will next episode. Mm. Next up, uh, Alan Grant and Dougie Braithwaite take over here. This is Braithwaite's first time in the Prague, um, though he'll be in both specials this year. So he's been in one and will be in the, in the one next episode. He's probably best known for his Marvel work, including Earth X and Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe. And this story feels like it was specifically commissioned by Alan McKenzie as the D-Mob Block, which was a British um, house music producer. Uh, house Housemaster Bubble Bubblehead Strange is uh, is uh starting a giant house party. The judges this, are not pleased this they feels come to take like it, a ch- series it down. of yeah. people who don't know what a block party is. Feels like someone who's really into listen, we're gonna make a story we're to make about house music. It's gonna be real good. Exactly, um, because
1: every every time they try to make a lyric about house music, I am not saying
0: they are wrong, but they're pretty inaccurate. It's something, man. Um, they put they rip the wall out of the place to uh to get in there. Dread gives everybody in the block sixty days for a noise disturbance, uh, despite being called a party pooper. But Bubblehead spends his time in the cubes. Um, thinking of an even bigger party, and soon at the Jack Masters block, a uh, one-time Canadian MP and mayor of Thunder Bay, I think. I don't know. But um, anyhow, the giant block-wide dance party starts and pulls everybody in. Jed responds and decides to get serious, calls in the H-Wagon, and has the whole place saturated in stum gas. <laughs> Which, as we know, is definitively
1: effective and has no precarious impact.
0: It is interesting that they've sort of dropped – they've sort of not mentioned the fact that I think we learned in Block Mania that it does have a chance of killing people, yeah. like maybe one in 10 or yeah. something like that. One in 10 when we're talking about 10 million. You know what I mean? I mean, it's been, it's been like 10 years since then, so they could have refined it or something. Um, I mean, but the but gas works- they have – no, the, the, the works. The whole block is knocked out. Dread has organized the first block wide year long cube party. Get in them cubes. <laughs> Uh, next up, John Wagner and John Higgins. The two Johns are on art now. With Tom Frame uh, f- uh, going as to- as a uh, John Tom to fit in, so we got three Johns. Um, Perfect. A-, a couple in a fancy moped has taken the wrong exit and is now fumbling with maps. So, it- so
1: I have to ask because I know that this has happened to. I mean, it's happened to me where it's like, hey, AAA, I'm in a place, and they're like, oh, we don't cover
0: there. Yeah. Why the fuck do I have Triple A? (laughs) Listen, it's complicated. I think it's called the Motor Club in England. I'd be wrong about that. Um, It's not good when you have to fend for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, there's movies about that, I think, like besides this one. Um, But yeah, so this is a story familiar to anyone who's taken a Lyft or an Uber can relate to, you know, just getting lost and the map's not working. Suddenly, though, their vehicle's drive unit breaks and they got to call the Mopad Club, but the locals are restless. So the kid tags their vehicle with the name Jerko. Which is fine (laughs) until
1: they start trying to come in and they are very obviously, I mean, quote,
0: not from here. (laughs) Oh no! These are rich guys who should not be in this neighborhood. I'll say also that that here um, it seems our days of uninterrupted dreads in these scans have come to a close because this story breaks in the middle for for the Helio story in, in this Prague. Um, but back at uh, b- back at the dread story, the car owner Buzz Bieber Lee's on the line to the Auto Club. They don't make breakdown calls in that area, and the operator keeps it together as they call the judges because there's a very high chance that, or you know, and say, listen. If you're lucky, the judges will make it to you uh, before anything too bad can happen. Cross your fingers. I I
1: like how everybody else has the green light except for this one chick who's like,
0: fuck! Yeah. No, it's a real emergency at the call center there. (laughs) Dred gets the call, but he's four minutes away as a mob forms around the moped. Then the Bieberleys drop the shutters and the operator starts offering them life insurance just in case. Not even just
1: the shutters. It's like, did you get our shutters? No, we didn't get your yeah. shutters. We paid everything for the moped. We paid kind of half price for the shutters.
0: Oh, oh no! Well, yeah. How about
1: did you get life insurance though? Did you get life insurance?
0: Oh, I paid a. No, I don't get that either. Oh no! Are you oh.
1: are you kidding? I didn't pay for the shutters. Do you think I bought your life insurance policy?
0: <laughs> and then their phone antenna gets snapped. The locals have made it onto the top floors of the vehicle. While Dredd is on the way, he sees a man jumping out of a window being shot. It's a domestic disturbance and has to intervene. <laughs> the Leaves are under siege as their moped is looted. They're locked in a closet and Buzz has been grazed by a shotgun blast. Dredd arrests the couple and jumps back on his bike. Will he make it to the moped in time? It, we'll find out it, next episode. It is
1: the best way to end this kind of episode where... Uh, I don't know about you, Conrad. I feel, you know, I'm not sure. They might be kind of trying to make a point, but I, 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 I mean, don't I don't know if that's true. <laughs>
0: I mean, this, like, the tone of the comic is silly enough that I'm going to assume they'll survive, Fox, but I wouldn't pet any money on any of their Mopad accoutrements surviving at all. I mean, I feel the husband or the wife will be dead. Oh, man, that's a real bummer. I know. It's Mega City 1. That's fair. And, hey, on the topic of bummers, Fox... Um oh. non thrills covers at nerve center mm. so here we go it's a five progress this one's gonna be crazy oh, like this sec- actually in the manner of the rest of this like episode, crazy one. the crazy one front page of uh, uh 616 <laughs> good times point blank kev Hopgood draws a final night zero cover with a gun drawn on tanner I'm all good, in the yeah. In the nerve center, Thar continues to try to hype up the TCV, the Thrill Containment Vessel. Mm. And while I've I've been down on these, I think for the record, they're fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's pictures of an old judge with a bow tie, which is a parody of UK TV presenter Robin Day. Yeah. Famous for bow tie wearing and who showed up a couple of times in the mm. Prague. Thanks for Darren Stevens for helping me out with this ID. There's also a Durham Jessica Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Ow. Uh, Letters say that this comic is pretty good, that Tharg doesn't have to worry about taxes, and 2000 AD is being used to show the presence of classical art in modern culture. The prog ends with a flicks column by John Brosnan, now of Night Zero fame, and he's discussing the rumors of Star Wars Uh, 4. He's going to be very
1: disappointed
0: in a lot of years ups and downs. Uh, He rejects the idea that Star Wars is supposed to be a nine-part series, Episode nine, of course, (laughs) at least last year. (laughs) From 30 years in the future, I stab at thee, Brosnan. Well, because,
1: honestly, that was kind of a... I I don't think that he was wrong to think it. I I do think that uh, what he was thinking is wrong, but not because yeah. it should
0: have been. I mean, I think it's interesting just because I feel like I've actually heard a bunch of people say say recent, like talk recently, just sort of in random things that that there wasn't an idea of a of a, of there actually being like nine movies in the main oh, Star no. Wars timeline or no. something. But yeah, I mean, even in '89, we're seeing that that's definitely something people are talking about. And I feel like you've heard them talk about it earlier as well. Imagine if Sack
1: Brannigan were in charge of
0: your childhood. Bad news. I, I, it feels familiar, you know. I do suffer from sex lexia, Fox. Oh but um, I don't, I don't Brazen also makes a joke about um, <laughs> about what the big revelation will be in the fourth movie, and then makes fun of Carrie Fisher's career progress, which is not cool. Oh, oh no! Especially in hindsight, yeah. don't be a he's dick. A, she made s- also so much progress. And she's just had, had some troubles, man. Uh, she, he's also skeptical about this new Batman movie coming out and has heard rumors of a new World, War well, of the Worlds adaption. But I don't think that one will come to fruition.
1: You know what's really crazy is that he was like, oh, I don't know if this new Batman is going to be a thing. But he did not know about hot, hot Batman nipples.
0: Well, yeah, because I don't think the nipples were on the Batsuit until, exactly, like,
1: until the second
0: or third one. Nope, I second.
1: Think? Second, yeah. my man. And well, and that's he can't know and that, that's, you no know. he can't but he didn't know how accepted it would be that someone from not Hollywood would have made a movie about not Hollywood. Whoa! I I hey. I, I, I am pro Batman nipples. I just want everyone sure. to know.
0: Fair. Proc 617. Farrell coming out of the shadows, looking cool in this Simon Harrison cover. Ah, coolest relative. <laughs> yep. In the Nerf center, Thark <laughs> provides a poem about the contents of the Prague. There are pictures of a very high tech art droid. This may be a trace. And Dread doing a "Your city needs you" thing. Letter writers throw shade at size. Beetlejuice, which I'm told is actually th- like like astronomers are saying Beetlejuice is about to like go supernova as we're recording this, which is a bummer, man. R.I.P. You know, be be careful out there, Thark. Um oh my god yeah um a writer has a baby (laughs) daughter named shiva that's being raised on 2000 ad there's some disses about the spider woman poem we had last episode which i liked a lot i I like the poem yeah i I did a reading of it mid Prague, there's a full page ad for for a free tcv Based around mm. filling out a voting coupon, it features a space lady unveiling the power of the thrill b- binder with light and classic characters being shot out of it. Uh, all right, now um, the, uh, the art is by Nick a- um, Abadzis, uh, most famous these days for a comic about the Soviet space dog Le- uh, Laika, and who will do some work in uh, in 2000 AD. Sounds absolutely like a space,
1: and time, and politics.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Mid Prague, there's an interesting trio of ads. One for an extremely Mad Max looking paintball range, another for Steve Jackson's fist. Oh, no. Which you is should basic- have been like this Paintball
1: games! <laughs> right.
0: But I, I-, I want to say fist seems weird to me because it's basically an RPG that you play over the phone, like, you know, 1 900 style, basically. Oh, and so you mean where you- all of the kids pay, where the parents don't know that you're paying for it? You're supposed to ask permission, but well, they say that usually. Okay. My man. And if you don't like that, then the third ad is one telling you how to complain about ads in magazines. <laughs> so you got it's got you covered. I mean, no, it
1: has the magazine covered.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's true. Um, uh, then the prog ends with the first in a series of Moonrunner star scans in full color by Massimo Bellardinelli. They're all very oh, I'm, nice. I'm not going to lie. From... 617
1: on they're my favorite star scans
0: they're very good for better or for worse i am record yeah
1: (laughs) i am i am just simply enumerating things that i like from here on out
0: definitely this one features the spirit of st louis the ship along with headshots of kara nash and captain flynn (sighs) yep all right prog 618 woo boy There's a rogue judge and dreads on the case and it's extremely yellow, extremely long. Yeah, I was about to cover to say, by the thigh. Of-
1: <laughs> like, how do I stretch my neck and my thigh? I don't like this cover very much, Fox, it I must really say. It really upsets me, not because it's not good. Uh, from an from an artistic standpoint it's interesting. From a looking at it,
0: I don't want to ever look at it. Does that no, make sense? No good, don't like it. In the Nerf Center, Thor continues to hype the TCVs and mentions a new Drudge Dread story Roger coming Rabbit. next Prague. <laughs> Woo! There's pictures of Swifties the Law. This is Judge Missy Smith. What? And of course, yes, Roger Rabbit. Oh, beautiful. You know. And a guy reading 2080 on a Swiss mountaintop. Well. Yeah, Rogue Rabbit being yeah. a Rogue Trooper, Ra- Ra- Roger Rabbit. Um, the, the Trader General framed him. Uh, <laughs> other letters <laughs> say Tharg looks like someone from Bad Bros, mm. um, or from the Band Bros, I should say. There are requests for Simon Bisley to do more work. It's coming. A progs away. Mid-prog is an entry of Steve May's Bits column. This one's about video games based on <sighs> movies complete with the legend of the Atari E.T. game. Oh, well. Is yes. it a legend or is it a uh, massacre? I mean, it's it, it happened. So I guess it's an urban legend or something like that. Um, but also, I'd say that it's a little bit – like it's a little different because I feel like when I heard the story, I imagined there was a place you could drive to in the Nevada desert and just dig up a full um, ET cart. But they actually shredded I, them and I stuff before they buried know them, so about, them.
1: I didn't know about this story as a kid. Because I would go to a place where I would learn math from a woman who smelt like tuna fish. And at the end of the math segment that I learned with her, I went to a Uh bathtub that she had full of, like, you know, fun-sized chips. Uh And I would take one of the bags out and I would eat those chips while playing an Atari (laughs) game of my choice. So I know all of this sounds weird. However... It was one of the only times where it was like, oh, shit, Atari and a bunch of games I didn't know. And one of the games she had was E.T. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I love E.T. And then I would play it and not know anything that was happening in the video game as somebody who had to learn how Legend of Zelda worked. On NES,
0: coming soon the uh, the summer magic esque uh, reevaluation of Fox's childhood. Everybody, oh my god, <laughs> it was it was a strange time. Uh, here's what I can
1: tell you about the uh, the ET game. There were uh-huh. there were two actions you could do other than moving around. Which, by the way, moving around did not dictate whether or not you fell in a hole. We won't go into that. You could move around, yeah. but eventually you would fall in a hole. And there were two actions you could do. What do you got? Raise your neck. Uh-huh. Or lower your neck.
0: Ooh. Immersive gameplay. And
1: none of those things would dictate whether or not you were in the hole or not. Okay. The, the, what I'm yeah. saying is the E.T. game was really bad.
0: We, yeah, we got to keep going, Fox.
1: Right. I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. It's fine.
0: Listen, I love I'm, you. Well, no, I'm not doing the
1: best I can. I'm <laughs>
0: here we go Uh, so yeah he talks about uh, the RoboCop Rambo 3 and Batman games as well as non-movie games like Pac-Mania Battle Chess and the text adventure game Fish yeah it's good there's also a full color ad for of wildlife, saying to save the the rainforest, and a preview for Medevac 318 with the station and some cast pictures. The prog ends Which with a fun. net scan of like Captain it. Flynn jumping through an alien landscape with his wrist harpoons, as weird eye tentacles look on. It's good stuff. Uh, I would have said not hot enough, oh.
1: but honestly, listen, hot enough. You, you got your diversion. Honestly, for this prog,
0: Fox, we got to keep going. Hot enough. <laughs> 619. This is more like it. Cliff Robinson draws Dread in profile, the title card on his helmet. In the Nerve Center, Thark's happy about all the new stories coming out, including um, Night Zero and Zippy Couriers, and now Madevac 318. And also, There's...
1: accidentally, a child drew a ball sack.
0: Well, I think that's the spinning image, Dread. Uh, which are very uh, weird looking, buddy. There's also a rogue roadrunner runner uh, going 100 miles an hour. Uh, letters ask the secret of to being green. Ex- uh, complain that no one ever smiles in 2080. No, hey, the man, secret gotta, of never being of green is never
1: thinking about
0: green and then cross and code in the same sentence. Fair. People are confused about 2080's birthday being based on date and not prog number anymore. And there are discussions over the colors of Dred's uniform. It's black with blue highlights canonically.
1: Well, no. It's it's black, but the way that you make leather looking,
0: yeah, light is, it's, is it's blue, like, like, like Superman's hair is what what I always say.
1: But uh, also the uh, the star yeah. scan it's fucking great, ten out of no, ten. Well, hold on,
0: hold on, because mid-prob we got another flicks column. Oh, no one cares this time, about that. John Brosnan's calling out the wave of undersea base movies that came out in 1988. Oh shit, including Sea Lab 2021. Leviathan and the Abyss on a whim. I recently saw oh, no, Leviathan, the abyss and it was okay. Actually
1: okay. Have you seen the Abyss? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, the Abyss is the good have one you, here. But um, have
1: you seen it recently?
0: I don't think I have, Do you remember actually. where
1: they pumped a man full of amniotic fluid so that he could go deeper into the Abyss? Hey, hey. By the way, they filled him full of amniotic fluid. And if you're not sure what that is, just check with
0: your midwife. Yeah, I believe it's the junk on a baby when it's born. No, it's just the Listen, juice
1: in a baby.
0: <laughs> Listen, I'd rather take the amniotic fluid than having to scare these kids to oh, harvest, harvest their adrenochrome. Uh, um, okay, but, no, we're
1: we're all I'm all uh, oh, right. Maybe they're all there. I'm all there with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will say also. Um, oh my god! Blah, blah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Leviathan was okay and uh, one of these other movies, Lords of the Deep, was on the most recent Mystery Science Theater 3000 um, oh, season. that's right. Oh, it was and good like, too. It was so good. Yeah. I just want to say that like this is part of – I always really like this in movies where there's one big movie that comes out and then usually like one other film company will try to like do a knockoff version of that to, and, yes. and, get, and get to market fastest. That's the that's the canon um, thing. But you also just see it like with like uh, like when there was Deep Impact and Armageddon or uh, Volcano and Dante's well, Peak or even like Ants and a Bug's Life or something like that. Because, I really like that. And it's in a fever pitch here because six underwater-based <laughs> movies came out one year <laughs> well because
1: it used to be canon and now it's not avalanche avatar no, films just,
0: the fuck are they called asylum
1: asylum is the new canon my man
0: right um also in this um movie there's uh some more like after the plague movies including john claude van Damme's cyborg which i just remember because it was because that, that movie was made using leftover sets and props from the canceled Masters of the Universe 2 movie. <laughs> and and then they mentioned two, two best of the worst movies, Fox, Future Force and RoboJobs. Oh, Future Force is so bad. Yeah, drunk uh, uh, David Carradine with well, the listen, cyber hand. There's um, something
1: wrong with drunk David Carradine. I just don't want to see normal David
0: Carradine. Indeed. There's also some brief mentions of other genre movies. Mid-Prog, there's an an ad for a new um, Crisis, I believe issue 15, where they go um, to four stories an issue, including one by newcomer Garth Ennis, who will be showing up um, here as well as um, in in 2018 eventually, and one written and drawn by Brendan McCarthy. And there's a plain white box for slaying the horned god. I
1: feel like they missed so many things of just showing a horned god right there.
0: We'll see more. The prog ends with a net scan of Kara Ogilvy Nash looking good in her bikini slash jacket combo. She's doing computer stuff as the bug-eyed uh, mustachioed captain from the first story looks on.
1: I uh, I continue to uh, adhere to what I said before. It's what I like the most about yeah, this issue.
0: <laughs> prog 620. Stinking struts. Feral throws an SD badge on a white background and it's covered by Simon Harrison um i promise this episode is where i'm venting my feral spleen fox we'll see that in a minute i'll be better about it later oh this guy in the nerve center Thug recounts his normally amazing week, dinner with with Sexpress, boogieing down in Paris, etc. There are pictures of a group of top 2080 ladies, uh Tyranny Rex, Cassandra Anderson, Halo, Purity Jones uh Halo Jones, Purity Brown, etc., and a Judge Deaf with an ear trumpet um about to be air horned by Bradley. Hey, that's oh, my bit. Bradley, get out of it's here!
1: Bradley doing a thing. I love Bradley so much. He's he's Mm. my favorite 2000 AD character because he's so important to
0: everything (laughs) that we talk about. (laughs) Letters compliment the TCVs. Parents are contemplating messing up a kid so he can be a Strontium dog. And a reader asks for and wins Tharg's hand in marriage. Good times. Towards the end of the prog, there's a page of reader art with an offer of five pounds. And I'm not sure if this is just from before they started doing the TCVs or what. Like, you know, because I think in the future you'll just get folders for um, art and stuff. There's a picture of a sweet Judge Britannia, a beak-nosed Judge Thatcher, an extremely sexy Judge Tim Curry, and an extremely Britsit Judge Stone.
1: God damn it.
0: The prog ends with a net scan of Carol Nash not wearing very much except for boots and a cape with a gigantic hood.
1: All I'm saying is if the if your name is Nash, y'all know me. Just
0: holler. That's Fair enough. All. Yeah, listen. Uh, up for all this stuff. Anyhow, speaking of Pharaoh, uh, Fox, and this no-good kid, oh, let's no. go to Thrill 5, Strontium Dawn. <sighs> Scripture about Alan Grant, art robot Simon Harris, and Letting Robot Gordon Robson as kid. I Alright. Yeah. So Mutant Bounty Hunter, Johnny Alpha Yay! is in jail on the doghouse. Oh, but to give the evil eye to a radio loving mutant Yay. Yeah. A guard intervenes and Johnny does the classic disarm the guard oh, and snags his keys kind of move. Ah, oh, speaking of keys, let's head down to Milton Keynes and see what's up with Billy Glove. No, why do I? I don't care about that ever?
1: Oh, wait, because yeah, you do. There's a guy who I need to further yeah, the plot. Doesn't matter.
0: Johnny and Bitten leave the guy that attacked them um previously behind with a punch in the face. The boys grab their gear. Worry briefly that they'll become wanted men, but whatever, man, it's a laugh. And down in Milton Keynes, the church goons have rounded up 184 people, and Lord Pharaoh orders them taken to Stonehenge, while a few squads remain behind to flush out the remaining targets and execute cool new teen mutant Pharaoh. I can't stress enough that when I say Pharaoh is cool, there may be quotes around that word. (laughs) Well, you know what's
1: really cool? Opening Mm. a portal to another dimension
0: where maybe there aren't bigots yeah another dimension new galaxy intergalactic planetary um we see uh, <laughs> pharaoh's watching Did all this from the shadows you
1: see in time. and is pretty stoked
0: to be a fugitive from justice himself we see locals being beaten up as we get to get info on the team and on the teen and Farrell himself shows up from the shadows in a cool new outfit lots of leather an acid punk (laughs) t-shirt a few buttons mosh and skate knee pads and sunglasses (sighs) I am shocked his fingers his gloves aren't fingerless he jumps in attacks the goons but doesn't kill him and said ah here we see why he removes his gloves to show clawed fingers he's not a mutant because he's an albino oh it's cool But also
1: so that they can hang them and like open beers in
0: their face yeah Yeah, just general punk stuff i I, guess well Uh,
1: no because i feel like if you're like oh i'm gonna really demasculate them
0: like mm. there's so
1: many things you could do to demasculate them but apparently it's just um
0: yeah, tie him up, I mean, toss some beers at him. Just that. Stone Cold Steve Austin style, basically. Um, so uh, Johnny and Mittenface are rolling through the doghouse, casually beating people up as they go. They steal a spaceship, even doing one of those uh, flying quickly through the closing pod bay doors, move that's pretty with minimal sick.
1: fuss. That's pretty sick.
0: Yeah, I love how this is all re- This feels very like old school Strontium Dog, real well, no, casual, I, successful stuff.
1: That's where I feel like <laughs> this does a good job... Between what I don't want to read and what I do want yeah. to read, and maybe they kind of get that interplay.
0: Maybe, yeah. Because meanwhile, Pharaoh is beating guys up with jump kicks and claws it, exactly. to the uh, and claws to the face while reflecting on the nature of violence and things like that. Um, he decides not to kill these these new church guys, instead just stringing them up by their ankles to and letting the city handle them. At the same time, the dogs are entering British airspace and a pair of interceptor ships are coming after them. The ships fire some warning shots and the ship, um, the, oh my gosh, hold on. <laughs> the, ship, the dogs are in. Sorry, I got like some coughing, hiccuping kind of thing. with think I'm okay.
1: I'll burp for you. The ships
0: fire some... Yeah, it's okay. The, the ships <laughs> fire some warning shots, and the ship the dogs are in isn't even armed. Luckily, Johnny has a plan, which we'll just fly real fast. It's <laughs> the plane <laughs> version of run. As they do, Johnny drops some time bombs behind them, warping the ships um, right over a Soviet Union research center, or sorry, a Soviet disunion's research center, where they're destroyed by the air defenses. The dogs enter Milton Keynes, and Farrell sees them from his perch above the city. He assumes their instruments of humanity come to take him out, so he heads to fight them. He's real cool. (sighs) Meanwhile, at Chiorgar, a.k.a. Stonehenge. The Yeah, Something like that. Anyhow, we are the children who grew grew too fast. I'll tell you that much, Fox. (laughs) And the new church is preparing a ritual. Billy Glum is brought to Charn L as Brother Sagan addresses the multitude, the standard stuff we've seen before. We hate mutants, but instead of killing you, we're just giving you a chance to leave and start a new life in a new world. But we a have to we just stab haven- one
1: of your bros in order to make exactly. the portal happen.
0: Yeah. It's a world we just happen to be opening through a one way gate of Stonehenge and being and the only way to open it is by sacrificing one of your friends. Enjoy the new world. This hey, gateway listen, to man, Arcadia.
1: Sometimes with
0: wicked bullshit, you gotta stab a dude. I guess so. I mean, honestly, this whole plan would make a lot more sense if there weren't established interstellar like travel and colonies. Like
1: I feel like I mean, I can't Anyway, yeah, There's tough. so many complications against this where it's like, these dudes were absolutely racist where they're like, oh, we'll send them to Mars, fuck them. When yep. now suddenly, oh, they're seeing some druidic shit and a portal opens and they yeah, get we'll send them to magic, and, fuck no, them. <laughs> exactly. We'll send them to magic world, fuck them. Completely, <laughs> and I'm saying this completely different. Because if you send them to Mars- they're in your universe, and they're gonna oh, yeah. fuck ya. Yeah. But if you send them to a universe completely of their own, with all of the—I don't know—you can make as much Earl Grey tea as you want in your Star Trek new universe.
0: Fair. Great. Yeah, so the mutants agree with Yeah, the mutants agree with me, Fox, and they're reluctant to go through I mean, a glowing they don't door want and in Stonehenge to a new home. Yeah, especially cuz they don't have any any details about it or like supplies, you know? But um, hey,
1: we can't not go through because we're going to get killed.
0: Yeah, at gunpoint, the mutants head through the shivering portal and then oh, fades away oh and they're God. alone in a strange new world with scary eyes appearing in the shadows. This feels like a Warcraft maybe. It's bad. Sagan congratulates Charnell on the magic as the sorcerer surveys the corpse of poor dead Billy Glum and gets a report that Alpha and McNulty are escaped and at large. He's delighted. Soon they'll have their reckoning. Which I feel like is
1: them just opening a portal?
0: What's a a reckoning in that way? you know, showdown. I mean, Johnny opens portals from time to time as well. Time portals. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> J- Johnny and Middenface, meanwhile, have arrived at Milton Keynes and are looking for Billy Glum as Farrell st- uh, stalks them overhead. Doug enters Glum's HQ and finds the place being ransacked by youth Youths as Farrell steals himself to fight our boys. Uh, Johnny Biddenface breaks these looters. They learn that Billy Glum was taken to Stonehenge by the New Churchers. They then beat up these looters and toss them in the street. And they complain about their, about their treatment, which only fuels the fire behind Farrell's four-fingered claws. Oh. The dogs mm. start to head out, but Johnny senses something as Biddenface take the back way. Farrell prepares to pounce, but suddenly Biddenface has a gun to his head. Whoops. Before either can explain themselves, Farrell strikes midden face and then jumps from the roof onto Johnny. Alpha <sighs> kicks him off and tries to explain, but Farrell isn't listening. He takes a swipe at Johnny. But God, Johnny's a much God better fighter. for a fighter. moment
1: that you might listen to the guy who, I don't know, fought for your rights for the entirety of your lifespan. I mean, this well, kid just, was yeah. probably alive. When people were talking about Johnny Alva as being the guy who completely saved
0: their species. Maybe he thinks he's a sellout now or something. It's hard to tell. Um, Johnny's a better fighter. He gets Pharaoh in an arm bar. Pharaoh pushes through the holds. He'll never give in to you, Norm lovers. I, I just... Uh,
1: there's so much of this that I don't... I just don't buy Next time,
0: ch- 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 changes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, listen, this is a very like th- what we're in right now is very time honored things in comics, Fox, which is the uh, pre team up misunderstanding fight. Um, so I
1: I agree inherently with the trope. I actually don't yeah. find it to be problematic. I think I mean, it's yeah, I the- think it's important. Given that you understand why they don't understand because that yeah, in itself is the arc.
0: Yeah, I mean it's an interesting thing because usually when we have these fights like like there are big um staple in like team up comics that like in like in, 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 in like superhero books, you know? Yes. Like the basic thing of like of, of like Marvel 2 and 1 is like Spider-Man meets a hero, they fight briefly, then they team up against a bad guy because it's a good way of settling Yeah had like, to deal what, with the like, Hulk,
1: but is exactly. a better way to deal with the Hulk to shoot him into space like what I said or to no, just give mean, a chance fight to see him.
0: Like, you know, okay, it's so like the Hulk and Thor meet up, like who wins in that fight, et cetera, et cetera. It's a chance, you know, it's good for good guys to fight now and then because it sort of answers questions about who's stronger and things. Um, there's, it's a little more, int- it's, it's, it's a weirder thing with Pharaoh just because he's a new character and is immediately fighting Johnny Alpha. Um, but I think it is like, sort of, this is very much the trope of these characters and how they eventually team up and do stuff. But I'm very ready to get to that point. Like, I feel like we've had sort of seven or eight issues of just sort of the pre, the prelude to this sh- fight. So I'm ready sure, for it to be done. But with Hulk,
1: you get very quickly. He is big. And has yeah. big muscles. Sure. How do I deal with that? Well, if he thinks like a yeah. lawyer, well, I just have to deal with him logically. I don't have to deal with the muscles. Turns out, yeah, I Hulk. Don't want... Hulk actually deals
0: instinctually. So, right? Yeah, we don't got to get into a big into a big master sure, class on on Hulk psychology I, uh, here. Fox. No. Well,
1: it's it's not even me just talking about Hulk. It's me talking about this character where
0: through well, Throughout, I throughout don't think, the comic
1: yeah. with tertiary characters, I'm not even talking about secondary characters. Just people on the outset. Mm-hmm. Johnny Alpha has context, right? The people aren't yeah. dead because Johnny Alpha is still alive. This yeah, is a I just kid I just who don't... went through a war with so many
0: people, and it's like that's the guy we trust. Yeah. Listen, first of all, God DM you for making me defend Pharaoh here. But I, I, I think that at the very least, I think he's not really checking who these strontium dogs are, just that they course. are strontium he's dogs. Yum. Like, like he doesn't yum. seem to recognize who Johnny Alpha is at this point. Of course. And maybe that'll change and he'll recognize it in later things and stuff like so that. So I you don't know? I don't disagree with but that. But I think it's also sorry, I, I, I just want to say also that I don't think Faro's operating from straight um, instinct, like, like a Hulk say, because he is very much sort of yes. having an internal monologue where he's talking about he's morality, struggling with where he's talking about the strontium dogs with as traitors and stuff. the idea of being a mutant. Yeah. I just so wish I they
1: explicitly yeah.
0: said that that's all i mean i think yeah i, th- I think it's kind of there but i agree that that, I, that it, it, it could be better done i think i think you know they're yes. just trying to get a lot done very quickly with Farrell in terms of like establishing him as a good fighter as being having sort of these deep um transgressive thoughts about the nature of the strong team dog world and being extremely cool you know I, he's got to get, <laughs> get all this shit in at the same time
1: extremely cool and we all agree that feral is definitely cool and we all like him definitely yeah 100 percent.
0: hey speaking of mutants that actually are cool fucks oh
1: (laughs) god damn it (laughs) drill six tales
0: from the doghouse. yeah boy
1: because these are mutants that actually i i will say mave mave's my girl
0: yeah, it's good. Uh, script about Hillary Robinson. Letter about Simon Jacob. Um, Letter about unmentioned. So uh-huh. more some anthology mutant story here. This time we meet Maeve of the Many Armed from Arma Ireland. She, she's got a. She is my maybe my favorite of this kind of collection. Yeah, she's cool. Got a very Celtic feel. She's wearing a a winged helmet and a big cloak. She's traveling in a convertible with spiked wheels, <laughs> and drawn by a pair of angry who are horses. Different. Definitively mutants. (laughs) Yeah, they can talk. Absolutely. Their names are Ivan and John Paul. Possibly reference to guitarist John Paul Ivan. I don't know. And she's got at least four arms. (laughs) She's stopped in the road by a pair of stronts, a goat guy named McGinty and his apprentice, a goblin dude named Mooney. The two horses argue, as McGinty explains, that he needs her help on a mission. It, it needs a woman's touch, which Maeve is not stoked to hear about. Like, listen, she's got a lot of things, but she's not really a light touch. Um, the dogs manage to convince her, though, and she has them hold on to her giant claymore sword as she puts on a heavy cloak and heads to, the cab- to a cabin where some baddies are holding someone hostage. So, to be clear,
1: I cannot do a Pat Mills-esque example. But this mm-hmm. is a story that, um... Oh, it's like a folklore lord? No, you something? met my aunts before. I think so. No, I mean, you met Georgie. It, it yeah. doesn't matter. The fact is, is that I've heard this story told to me as a child. Ah.
0: And... Uh, does it end in gunplay the way this one does? Because that's it, what I'm interested no, in, Fox.
1: No, it ends in... Well, so the the interplay between the characters is a lot more playful in this. Uh, uh it is generally speaking like you're a chick, you can't deal with anything and them using treachery <laughs> as the like women are treacherous. Ah, uh, yeah. However, fair when enough. when a woman is telling you this story, it's very different. It's more of like cunning, which sure. I believe is the actual meaning of, of when someone says, It's treacherous, I'm like, well, or it's cunning. Like, it's someone yeah. actually
0: thinking through a problem. That's very much in the eye of the beholder, for sure.
1: Well, because when you look at these two characters, they are like, we're trying to come at this problem, and we could use cunning, but we are dumb as fuck. And okay, then, a, so she's got to do it. Well, like, the, the cool shit happens because she has forearms. But quite... At least forearms. But quite realistically, her cunning comes from the fact that she does not have forearms, that she persuades people that they should not think uh, there are things about this story that i think are very analogous to old stories where it is mm-hmm. teaching you a lesson the lesson is not you should have four arms with four guns right yeah at least the, the lesson <laughs> anyway. is, is quite literally you should think past your enemies and uh, and it's pretty good yeah
0: interesting but so, yeah, so, all that said, and that, and that's an interesting point. I mean, it's probably, yeah, like, I mean, I believe Hillary Robinson's also Irish, so this could just be, like, an Irish folktale or something. Um, but she approaches the place pretending to be an old beggar woman, When the criminals rebuff her. She is pissed. The cloak comes open, and at least four of her hands have big old guns in them, and she comes up time shooting. That's how you
1: fuck somebody up. It's all damn guns, son.
0: It's pretty good. She bursts in. She's got a gun for e- each of her kid- of the kidnappers, and it's a standoff, at least until McGinty and Mooney arrive as well. Maeve grabs the kidnappy and runs back to her car to secure them. Sadly, though, after the fight, it seems that the gunfight has damaged Maeve's sword, and the money to fix it is coming out of McGinty's share. Well, at least 25%, which, by the way, was their share. Yep. Again, she rides off smart. some pretty sweet strontium dog and completes. <laughs>
1: well, no, I, it's just, it's the whole, well, I mean, maybe we'll get into it later, but what I love about the character is not the cool shit they do, which is absolutely when you see strontium dog, some cool shit should happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end, it's also like, bitch, you going to pay me. Yeah. And they were like, oh, hey, do you come in?
0: We'll get yeah, like no, they're, forty they're or thirty percent. Her ability
1: to take these guys they out. They get five yeah. percent at the end of the deal. <laughs> like that's that's what they exit with. Oh uh, yeah. It just it feels it builds on the world of the strontium dogs. Like yes, I have four arms, but also like you called me in. <laughs> like I I right. just I like it. There's so much substance there, and it's. What is this goblin-esque guy learning? It's He's learning like, hey man, if you don't have enough, the only option is giving up some of your cash to have somebody <laughs> who can kind of deal with it a bit better. But yeah. her ability is not that she has forearms, it's that she disables a very far amount of people. Do not think she has four arms, right? Mm. Like, she's not just yeah. coming in just, like, shooting like a goddamn spider. She's, in fact, like a spider, spinning yeah. a web.
0: It's just Absolutely. It's just
1: an interesting thing. Like, it's, it's a thing about the strontium dogs that I like. And when you are reading a strontium dog story about the stupid people that Johnny Alpha takes advantage of, they are often mm. the ones who while they are mechanically fine, right? They're not mm-hmm. a guy whose face is a knee.
0: Yeah, right? no, well, yeah. I mean, Strong Deep Dog's very much like it's the mutants against norms. Like, he's, he doesn't go after mutants all that much, Johnny Alpha doesn't, know? I just know?
1: mean that the the mutants going against him tend to be someone who is somewhat equivalent. And yeah, the ones know. who aren't are the most honorable ones,
0: even well, I though think it's they are like, the most fucked up. Yeah. I think it's mostly just like that, you know, it, um, like because strontium dog is sort of the only job some you know mutants can get, kind of yes. You get a real yes. a real wide variety of people yes. in the task, and sometimes maybe they've actually got mutations that are helpful or yes. are cool, like Mave. But and they're sometimes they're not like I'm there a big potato. Fuck you, you but know? they are
1: definitively there to get more money than you when you yeah. ask well, them you to know, come it's in. A business, buddy. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and I and I have always felt that. That is the exchange that all of them work on. I guarantee that Mave has worked with Alpha before, and yeah, they I'd have love to see that. Well, yeah. no, I just mean like hypothetical. But yeah,
0: I, I mean, there's definitely different tiers. Like, I feel like Mave is like an A or like, like an yes. A tier strontium dog, and McGinty's <laughs> I love that you're like using like, this. Yes, she's an A, and McGinty's like and McGinty's like a D tier. Yes, and so he calls her in, so she's he's yeah. got to give her a give her a share. You know, yes. that's how it goes. And so when she says like. No, I
1: want ninety percent. He's like, well, what about age? She's like, mm, like seventy-five. Exactly, you know.
0: Totally, and, and you yeah.
1: and you see that going on. You're like, oh, there's no way that he can argue for anything no. above fifty percent.
0: Yeah. Listen, we've been living with these S-tiers so long. Yes. These, your Johnny Alphas, your Midden Faces, your and Dura so, Reds. And so you're seeing an A-tier. You forget A-tier. about these lower guys exactly. plugging away,
1: you know? So you're seeing a D-tier enlist an A-tier as opposed to a Johnny Alpha-tier person. And yep. the way that they work Fair is enough. through okay. cunning. Sorry. I just <laughs> – yeah. I get excited. Uh, this is one of those uh, – this was a
0: good strontium dog. Yeah, it was fun. Let's yeah, and we'll th- see more Mave in the that future way, for sure. When we come back to this. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So that one, so that story was by Hillary Robinson, and we're actually in the middle of a Hillary Robinson power hour here. Very strange time. So let's move on with it with Thrill Seven Zippy Couriers. Oh. You mean uh, pod- script about Hillary- podcast couriers? That's right. Uh script about Hillary Robinson, art about Graham Higgins, her about John Aldrich. This is, this is literally Mac-
1: how my cat has acted in a in a story. You know that. Whoa.
0: Fair it's like like talking, getting people arrested and well, stuff.
1: Like <laughs> attacking people.
0: Oh fair, yeah. So Shauna McCullough, lead lead and only driver for Zippy Couriers, has just arrived home with groceries and her new talking cat butch. So the talking cute. cat freak Yeah. The talking cat freaks out Shauna's sister's sister's Moira. Um, but things smooth out as the petting begins. <laughs> we flesh back the supermarket where Shauna was knocked around by an inconsiderate lady behind her. The story uses this kind of auto checkout thing with long arms that scan items and stuff. An argument breaks out between the lady and Butch, and then the lady calls security because Shauna has a cat. I, so again, do not call security
1: if a sentient cat realizes it can ambidextrously
0: hide. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, the market's armored SWAT team suddenly appears, but Butch has made good his escape and Sean is let off. But but the
1: old woman is reprimanded like, bitch, do not scream security unless yeah, you it's, need somebody it's, ser-
0: it's serious business buddy you know ah, it's so uh, great Shauna leaves but when this lady starts to check out the machine is making wisecracks
1: <laughs> I love but- <laughs> I love the raisins joke is so great or peanut brittle joke <laughs> I should say
0: yeah. Butch has broken into the machine and is speaking through the voice box for the big finale, he hits the alarm button, detaining the lady, and calling in an army of supermarket SWAT team members! This is quite literally why way maybe I would love Zippies the most, because this is it's most fun. of my life. <laughs> Say what you will, at least shopping is fun, and Zippy Couriers will return in Proc 622. Mm. And let's continue- Okay, f- final leg of our Hillary Robinson Power Hour, Fox! Thrill 8, Metavac
1: 318. <sighs> yeah,
0: the sad part. Yeah, Skift robot Hillary Robinson, art robot Nigel Dobbin, or art robot Nigel Dobbin, Leg robot Jack Potter. Metavac 318 is usually considered the best of Robinson's work in the Prague. There's very really? interesting stuff going on for sure.
1: Um, is there a downward like, trend or is he just out after this?
0: Uh, she and, oh, you know, gee, I me. think... We'll we'll see a lot more of it, but yeah, I mean, we kind of get to Prague seven hundred, and that's kind of the end of her. Although I think her final story, uh, "A Carnival of Chaos," is not well remembered. Understood. Um, like Zippy Couriers, I believe that these characters appeared elsewhere before two thousand before they were two thousand AD. So there's some copyright problems. Mm. And while this story was reprinted in a Fleetway Dan Dare collection in nineteen ninety one, it has been reprinted since. Um, in thrill they Overlord. There, overload there's sort of this funny story where an editor didn't like the title of a didn't like the title to be just Metavac, so really probably added in the numbers um and he didn't like those either so she's like okay what's it called then i don't know like if you're gonna keep giving me notes really? i just don't have any idea yeah so and he relented. So now we're here at Medivac Station Three One Eight as two women talk about filing flight plans. Uh, which, by the way, Bechtel test passed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, not. But then failed immediately as one yeah. woman asks another if they're worried about their friend, a Foss Car Marine officer, and she is. Uh, meanwhile, a lady with a big curly haircut, which seems to be a, a Robinson trope, mm. is in a spacesuit and she's sitting next to a man strapped to a gurney. The sky is amber, and she hates it there. Her patient has been hit by a vibro shock, so that all he can say is the word no. They've been stuck down here for a while, and she's getting worried. We see a flashback of her arriving on the planet and swapping out an injured man's helmet. The atmosphere is breathable, but not long term, so you could take a dead dude's helmet and put it on a living dude to the damaged one. An ambulance comes down, but there aren't enough anchor points in the vessel to take the medic's patient, and his injuries are less urgent than the others, so they'll have to wait until the ambulance returns. Extremely bad news. She's been down there for two and a half hours, and her patient is getting worse. Night falls, and she's worried, but is keeping a brave face. Suddenly, a noise comes from the tree line. Uh, The nurse, and we learned in the preview in 618 that her name is Verity McKinnon, so I'm going to call her that. Um, she fumbles for a surgical laser in her gear belt and then holds it out like a gun against the darkness. From the bush comes comes come, fr- come, comes some kind of giant spider monster. She blasts it with the laser, opening up its guts, but then sees her mistake cuz it's just a huge arachnopod, a harmless herbivore. She flashes back to her training, and we learn that these beings are shy and timid and endangered. Oh, man. Um, worried about future animal murders, she moves the gurney into the center of the clearing. Um, um, of, um, and that seems to work. Things are, are all right. The patient is doing okay. All they can do is wait. Back at the base, the ambulance is unloaded, and even though the crew looks pretty tired, they head back out for another round with witty banter and discussion about the blonde lady from the first comic. Eventually, um, in um, in on the dark planet, very seems to be asleep, but suddenly a bright light appears above her. It's the ship! Next episode, Ambulance
1: Descending! I guarantee this woman has put her own helmet on someone else, has accepted no. the low ability to breathe through the broken helmet that the other person
0: had. Oh, I don't know. And no, but And no, I Well, mean,
1: maybe. I, I, I hope. Because I this thought is, that, this is that me hoping. was her
0: harvesting a, harvesting a working uh, helmet from course, a dead body instead Of course. It. Whatever.
1: I see this when I see the last three panels, which is someone who is non-responsive, but her patient's face is very clear, and mm-hmm. always the same. I believe that they are particularly making a point.
0: Now, it... I don't know, I yeah. I, 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 I kind of read it just as her being exhausted and sort of falling asleep as she was waiting, even though she's in this uh, high stress situation, she's I, just so tired. I hope She just kind of nods off, basically. I hope
1: so, because I believe that there is enough to where it's clear that Everything is fine. Uh however, with the turmoils one that she goes through that we get to see mm-hmm. I would love as a watcher of this to see her having made a choice.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Does that make sense? Like Yeah, to for say, sure. I, I mean I think I, we'll I, see. I want yeah. that. And that maybe it's not what's going to happen. Uh I felt it that's know, awesome. I don't think it's
0: going in, in in directly that direction, but I think it is. This is sort of a you know this is sort of a, a, a serious kind of interesting story. I think we're going to see some cool like there is some very cool stuff coming up with Metavac three eighteen. I'm I'm really excited about and something I think in you're that direction. In, in the right, I think you're in the right in the right mindset for it for sure. Like that, there definitely are some hard choices, some perfect. interesting stuff in the course of this thing. That I I don't
1: care if it does it on first blush at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is what I felt because I did not, even when I was reading it, read that everything was going to be fine.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, this is very MASH in space where there's just a lot of... um And, and you like know, maybe, suicide maybe mash is the painless, movie, but painless. Right? Yeah, but where, like, you know, just, like, there's the potential, like, people have to make hard decisions and bad I, things can I happen. Meant, I meant just calling back
1: to, like, MASH's theme song right like suicide yeah, exactly. is painless is a is a particular thing that they have you hear in the context of the music and then what you're mm-hmm. watching just a comedy show but it's not right. actually a comedy show it's got some serious parts well for it's sure. a show about being in vietnam and being a doctor in korea but yeah oh, you're oh, right. oh
0: sorry excuse me korea thank you I, I mean and, it's and, about Vietnam sort of metatextually, but whatever. Well I yes. But you put it in Korea to be to be less controversial, yes. you know. Um, uh, I, yeah. and, and that's where
1: I feel like uh, uh, in sci-fi you have so much more room to say something, right? Like we yeah, we of we talk about Judge Dredd's universe much more than Dredd. Dread matters so much less than the people around dread. Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, I think there's sort of ups and downs there. I think. I
1: I suppose I mean that the the context that surrounds the the purpose of the story is much more important than the hmm. story.
0: Yeah, I, I could see that for sure. Anyway. Yeah. Speaking of Judge Dread and his world, Fox. <laughs> Thrill nine daily dreads. <laughs> we gotta
1: read a lot. <laughs>
0: But it's, A lot of stuff going on. But it's here. also kind of like, ooh, ooh, yeah. These are sort of somehow the darker side of the of Dreads World here. Uh, Scripter about John Wagner and Grant Arter about Ian Gibson. It it's so, yeah, really the worst parts in the smallest snippets. Yeah. So these are Daily Star Dreads, It's full on filler, and these strips ran from June to September 1987. I'm less offended by having these in the prog when there aren't also two future shocks as well in an issue. <laughs> sure, uh, This story is called A Guide to Mega City Law and is very much an introduction to the script, to the uh, to, to the strip. It's Mega City 1. We see that it's got the uh, pre-apocalypse war b- board mm. uh, borders and the citizens being beaten up, at least until dread appears. And then the, beats them up because they should also be in jail. Yeah, the perp shoots Dredd, so he fires back with regular and heat-seeker bullets, taking all the perps out. Some citizens look on and are quickly given 30 days for lying about gawking. <laughs> and uh, we meet another arrested guy who got 60 days for inciting his own mugging, regular Mega City 1 stuff. That's, yeah, feel pretty
1: standard.
0: Yeah, we learned some other megacity-one facts, including that there's 90% unemployment and job openings can attract hundreds of thousands of people. Oh, I'm just we a guy a- who was here, but I got two jobs. What What do you mean you no. have two jobs, motherfucker? We see a riot break out at Uniglom for a glom tester, but one citizen has tried to avoid being arrested because he isn't part of the job, right? He got two jobs! And that, of course, is also illegal later a sniper is shooting people at the corner of sirhan sirhan jw booth and jack ruby blocks which is of course two presidential or one presidential assassin one presidential um, candidate assassin and one assassin of a presidential assassin (laughs) dread takes the sniper out and bystanders are disappointed because he only killed five people come on get the lead out Literally, I guess. Dredd checks the killer's suicide note. He did it because his welfare check was late. Later in the night, Dredd and some judges burst in on a crime blitz of some citizens. They wreck up the place, checking the license for goldfish and punching holes in walls. Gotta love these judges. Under penalty of law. Uh,
1: well, you know, we'll we'll
0: pay you back for all the (laughs) things. Thing, sweet Assuming you haven't committed any crimes. Well, unless
1: suddenly you had some sugar for some coffee.
0: <laughs> Once the floorboards are ripped up, it's indeed found that they have coffee and sugar and are running for 12 months each. Meanwhile, a citizen is making use of face changer technology, turning from a common Peter Silk looking guy to Goldern Hitler. He then uses a jetpack. A jetpack to break into an apartment Kill the occupants with the laser And then use that same laser To break into a safe Flying laser Hitlers Oh my god the <laughs> prophecy is coming true <laughs> Luckily the judges also have this technology A spy in the sky drone Picks up Jet Hitler And Dred responds with his own jetpack He quickly catches the thief And drops him into a pond At the same time some cursed earth baddies Are tunneling their way into the city then come right up in front of some judges. Dread spots them, and after some day sticking, they're taken to the giant holding pen. <laughs> Oof. The, the only way to emigrate to the city is to get a permit at City Hall, but you can't get to City Hall without a permit. <laughs> the love. judges are kicked out. I love it. They'll be back, and the judges will be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> at a sec- at a at a sector house, we see a man co- confess his crimes rather than face the interrogation cubes, and he was just there to deliver a parcel. Uh, we see the same guy confess. um um, after threats of a naked glove based check, and another man is under heavy interrogation for littering. Meanwhile, one perp is spilling all of his crimes from childhood onwards because he got 50 cc's of truth serum instead of five, and a lawyer decides his client can spend a few months more in the cubes rather than face getting arrested himself. Good times with justice! Hooray for l- litigation? It's, you know, listen, it's tough out there for everybody in Mega City One, unless you're a judge, but then it's still pretty tough. You're just also in charge of everybody else. <laughs> and speaking of being in charge of things, Fox. Oh, my man. I say I'm going to boss you around as we get to our final chapter in this podcast, Thrill 10 Future shock. <laughs> you know, not the worst Future Shocks we've had. Just some fun ones here. Yeah. yeah. Um, First one, still life. Dave Anderson is the script robot, art robot, Massimo Bellarginelli, living robot, Steve Potter. A man sees a big ad in the paper. Want to live forever? Ah, Phone this number. Why don't I just fill
1: myself with things that sound like a bad idea, if anyone understands how chemicals work.
0: He gets the pitch, and apparently this doctor will cryo-freeze you until, until immortality is discovered, and then you'll be thawed out. You basically wake up in uh, the dead times, I guess. Um, ooh. anyhow if you want to live forever you should probably do it as a younger man so let's get you frozen now (laughs) the process is done and the guy's like yeah fine whatever i don't have anything else going on and in Uh, a billion years just a guy on a train reading a paper yeah Uh. the process is complete and a billion years later or so a bunch of bald future types observe the doctor's work Apparently, he used all those frozen bodies to make crazy sculptures, and we see the guy who was being interviewed throwing a discus like that ancient statue, I, which he had a replica of on his desk during the interview. I, I just
1: feel like, why would you trust a guy filling you full of nitroglycerin?
0: <laughs> hey, you know, I got an ex- it's an explosive situation, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Next up. The Flint Sisters scripture about David Anderson art about Basmo Belardinelli letting about Tom Frame. My favorite part uh, is that they are not in fact sisters. No, at the Flint Sisters computer dating agency, a woman is complaining to a man about his ridiculous scheme. They haven't had a, pl- a call all week, and he explains that yeah, you got to call sisters because no one expects, uh, no one goes to siblings for dating advice. That's weird somehow. <laughs> I you have to go for. Equivalent sibling. Not yeah. inequivalent siblings. I don't know if I'd go to brothers as a dating service either, I gotta say. It's
1: it's the Johnson and Johnson dating service or the uh Johnsonia and uh
0: uh Service. <laughs> fair yeah so he's they haven't had a call in weeks but the brother explains they have to be subtle now not like the old days they got a call and the dude calling is instantly matched with the sister of this brother sister duo
1: weird how is it that my sister is the one that you're immediately
0: hmm. Hmm. intriguing the couple go on on a date the uh, the fella compliments her ring, and they go for a walk outside. He goes in for a snog, and she stabs him in the neck with her unicorn ring! And takes Inert. all of his blood! Back at the office, she said it went well, and they toast as the ring dispenses a bunch of blood into these two, like, uh, champagne flutes. The Flint sisters are 21st century vampires! <laughs> I,
1: I do love a little bit of blood, Conrad, yes.
0: Ooh, yes, uh, very nice. No, that's quite nice. Yes, actually, indeed. Yeah, and with that fox, oh my, with these vampires doing possible. their thing, as we finish up these dates, we've at last come to the end of our show. Oh my god! So, and it is, it is. I, I'll let you. I just want to say, I want to know from you what you're talking about. in thrills were. You got to tell me. It's. it's I'm, I'm. I'm in charge <sighs> here. <laughs> it's so difficult
1: because all right
0: there there
1: are very clearly things that lasted the entire podcast that Mm -hmm. are not night zero (laughs) and they are worthy of me saying that they are not night zero and good so is this the first time because it will be that i say that Something that could only show up in one prog could be the best thing. Oh,
0: one out of five. And and my answer is kind of yes. Like night I'm not sure. I haven't actually done the math box. I'm going to for episode two hundred, I'm gonna go back and tally all of our best I, and worst. Thrills. Are you are you- yeah. Oh my god. Just to just to get percentages and things like that. So I think that, that should be pretty exciting. It's oh, gonna be fucked up. Well, okay. I will so say this... I'm really regretting that I've been che- that I, I haven't been keeping track of it as we've gone along, but it will be an exciting uh, uh, day for Conrad to figure it out. Well, at
1: least you only have to listen to the end. Like uh, my thing about Night Zero is it is a great. It's a great,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a great story. I, it's a great like, thrill. What do you want like, to say? I, I don't know. I
1: don't know how to put it because it's it's kind of there's a lot that happened this episode, and mm-hmm. parts of it are connected and interesting. Especially, I mean, you know me. I'm an Anderson man. Sure, but Night Zero, it just ended so
0: nice. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Walking up into into the sunrise, it's fun. Absolutely. It it
1: was just, for everything that it was, it was nice. And I don't want to give that kind of a, oh, it's a nod. It was more Mm -hmm. of that the entirety of it was great. Sure. Uh, And that's what I'm going to say. For what I enjoyed, because I actually wanted a bit more for myself, (laughs) for a few more progs after 616. Like, I was like, oh, if it went to 617 and 618, that's kind of what I expected. But it just said, no, I ended. I'm done. Yeah. and It kind of left you uh, wanting more, for sure. But that's what I want when something ends.
0: Yeah, Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I will say I feel like Night Zero has one of the best ends of a thrill that we've seen so far. I feel like a lot of times we felt that even even stories we we really like have ends that sort of leave us sort of feeling cold a little bit.
1: Yes, and and where I want to be very explicit when I say the things I enjoyed, I think through the both of us talking about tonight are very clear. Night Mm -hmm. Zero is one of those things that I explicitly enjoyed the entire time through it was yeah. great so nice. then when I talk about what am bad uh, mm, what am bad what am bad there are so many things that I thought were great there are only two things that I thought were bad so all right when I went into strontium dog uh it was fine and then it got worse um but i do not think it is bad uh mm-hmm. i still think that if you wear a shirt that says acid on it that doesn't make you a bad character and that doesn't even make you bad writing um but they do want to say something um i would say filler but not in the case <sighs> it's just the judge dread fucking strips what am i what am i saying here
0: oh the the daily dreads yes
1: those were the things i i actually hated to read like (laughs) like (sighs) this is a weird they're
0: very this is they are very dense for
1: sure this is a weird thing to say because if if it were not for night zero swifty's return oddly would be my top thrill Mm mm-hmm uh, from from how it interplays with both the art and the writing, with how Night Zero plays with itself, <laughs> Ooh. It it is just very good. Uh, yeah. In in I would say as so much as Tales from the Doghouse did, but mm-hmm. since I may never. Hear about Mave the Many handed again the rest of our time. But I do know that uh Night Zero will in some ways continue. Yeah. Maybe deck two for the rest Sure. Uh I just think Night Zero is actually something where I think given more time in the middle, the ending would mm-hmm. still be just as good. Oh, it was just so good. Conrad, yeah. it was just so good. And my bottom Definitely. is that I had to read a Daily Dread. It, <laughs> everything else. Like like Daily Dread and 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 uh, 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 Sooner and Later, or, or Swifty's yeah. Return. Swifty's Return had too much. I did not want to read all of it. I read all of it. Mm-hmm. But every time I read it, it was so inclusive of what was going on with the art around it. Yeah. and so I, I just don't know. It it was great. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's what I that's what that, makes the difference a for what, me.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, that, that, that's we talked this before, but I mean, I mean, I think it's very much sort of a combination of of Hewlett's art style and Logan's yes. writing style. Yes, like the two of them make for a very full, they, a very full
1: comic. You know, they very clearly intersected, or at least I, they had to have spoken. In some way, I mean, yeah, whereas of course. the daily dreads uh, literally were filler, and and uh, uh, sci uh, not sci-fi
0: specials, but the the no, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're they're better in in filler situations like a special, like an annual or something like that. I, it just felt
1: right. So when I say daily dreads, it was because the
0: worst part of me reading tonight. <laughs> Was that, yeah? I mean, yeah, I mean, it they're very different from anything else in the prog just because of how much is packed into them, like more, they're everything like, else just more, was so streamlined
1: and interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, as opposed to like you're saying, like, uh, like Swifty's returns is very like has a lot going on with it, it's like dense, but with, with the daily dreads, they're. Yeah, with the daily dreads, they're dense, but there isn't a lot going on with them. It's the exactly. same sort of mega city jokes and things like that. It's completely vapid. So, yeah. so I mean, it's fine for a it, it, it's fine for a daily comic strip, but I agree that it's sort of like it's tough to have it in, in the Prague itself. So, I think. so then I'll ask you because I'm I'm
1: actually quite interested. Hey, man, it's been a bit. What were your top and bottom
0: thrills? <laughs> oh man, um, I think. I might join you with da- with the daily dreads being Ooh, my bottom, just because yes. they are sort of so explicitly filler. They are so explicit because the the
1: the other filler pieces were actually good. I enjoyed well, yeah, reading I mean, them, yeah.
0: even though they I were mean, three or like four the, pages. Yeah, I I, I think the. Uh, the future shocks in this one were much more. Were like they felt much less like desperation future shocks, yes. which we've had a lot recently. You yes. know, where it's like it's much more like sort of just filling things out as opposed to we need to fill this space. So we got to get these you know, multiple future mm. shocks in here and stuff like that. Um, I think for my top, whew, there's a it's lot of choices. So like much. you said, I like I like the end of Night Zero. I really like this. Um, I, I really like, like the cliffhanger in Dread of, like, sort of Barry escaping, sort of besting Mm. Dread and making good his escape, like, that's very cool. I'm down on Strontium Dog just because I'm ready to get past this misunderstanding fight part of the story. No one,
1: no one wants to say Strontium Dog is top, but it's fine. Yeah,
0: um, (laughs) you know, I really like Tales of the Doghouse as well. I really like like that character of Maeve. I'm really, I'm really Interested in this first opening part of Medevac 318 as well, which I think is just very sort of really kick uh, um, kicks you in like like brings you into the story, but then immediately like has some very melancholy it feels to it, feeling you to from it from
1: the story in terms of how yeah, it, it there there is a lot going on with very few things being said. Yeah. It's yeah. And like the a feeling story. behind
0: it's very different from what's usually in. Um, 2000 AD. Yes. But I think for my top, I am going to have to pick Anderson's side oh, division. Oh,
1: my girl. I love you so like, much. Thank you.
0: David Roach's art is really amazing. It Just Just you know, to go from these, like, noir elements as we see like in the flashback where uh where Helios dies and stuff to like Anderson and and, and and Corey like out on the town in their party dresses and stuff like that. Like no one can see me then, nodding. I
1: am nodding emphatically yeah. along as you just, like, say having, everything.
0: You know Having this fun, st- like you know, then there's like lizard murders and like the big, <laughs> the big fight at the rich guy's apartment with yes. like the ninja masseuse and the I, robot butler and oh, stuff like that. It's, it's intrigue after intrigue, but yeah, there's it's just a lot going on. Intrigue. There's a lot of different elements, and it's all fun and just again, just sort of Anderson being real good at things. I really like her relationship with Judge Corey. Yeah, um, it's, and, it's cute. And
1: it's also yeah, and, it's it's this empath psi relationship. They are different
0: things. Yeah, though they've in got different division. talents, but they get along really well and stuff. And I like that as and, and I like that too. And it's generally, I think it's just a really fun, tightly t- tightly scripted sc- story that makes good use of like psychic abilities and this kind of world of Mega City One and stuff. So I think all told, I think that that's my top one for the moment. Uh, fantastic!
1: I I cannot yeah. agree more. Like it, this to me. As we were saying at the, uh, or as at least, uh, I think we both were saying at the beginning, uh, Mm -hmm. this is a, a normal anthology comic of 2000 AD. This, I mean, I mean, where this feels
0: like a really great, like for me, Anderson's a really great opener strip. Kind of pulls you in. It's got really, mm -hmm, it's got really mm -hmm, great art, mm -hmm. a really interesting story, and really kind of sets you up for the rest of the prog. You know, I think it's done. It's doing a really great job in this opener slot, especially, which is just good. Like to like a prog craft, I guess you'd say. (laughs) Well, and even
1: and even though there might be some some things that that bring you down you're excited to read the next one like yeah. i think you and i kind of read you know uh issue to issue we're reading the the kind of story to story to story um yeah but if you were to read the entirety of 616 and though well no that's and, how i though yeah. oh, oh Excuse me.
0: That's how I do it. I uh, usually I usually just read each prog in in order and don't really jump around so, that much. So I think then
1: you have a better clarity than I do. That's
0: why I talk a little bit more about – yeah, about just sort of it being a good opener because yes. I am sort of I, – I, I try to experience it yes. like you're just picking up a prog and reading it through I, basically. I
1: definitively read the stories as a through line. Yeah. Uh, but – It's fine either way for the record. Well, no, cause I, I, cause, because I believe – that whether you're reading four or three, uh, by the end of it, you'll know the bad eggs and where they show up. Um, <laughs> and a bad egg doesn't ruin the bun. Nah, I don't think so. It actually nah. accentuates the
0: good ones. Yeah, let you
1: highlights the contradictions. <laughs> <Exactly>. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and and this was after I've been away for so long. Uh, a great way to kind of jump back into things. This was enjoyable oh, yeah. highly.
0: No, yeah, yeah, this is a fun month for sure. I think there's some really good, some really interesting things, some ups and downs. Yes, yeah, it's 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 a fun one. And I'm so excited that we've sort of down that 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 we've sort of shifted into this more thrill-packed section of 89. It's fantastic. Uh, this first- First two three months were a little rough, but now we're sort of moving into exactly. it, be really exciting. Now
1: now it feels like they're kind of in their in their mode, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think that's only going to expand as we get further in. Strong agree. Definitely. So I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Titch, Google Play Store, Spotify, or a podcast site at spacebinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner 2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter at Space 2 k Everything else, Space Spinner2000, you'll find us there. And come back next week. As we're once again taking a little bit of time off from weekly progs. And this time we're talking about the Judge Dredd Mega Special. It's going to have some cool stuff, a lot of history of Judge Dredd. He's going to fight some sumo wrestlers. And it will also have (laughs) some advanced coverage and basically an advanced preview of what our our Judge Dredd magazine coverage is going to be. So get very excited about that. Um, And then come back in two weeks. As Fox returns for <gasps> episode 200. Oh. oh, no. I'll be more gonna,
1: like this, and he'll be even more like this.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a terrible episode. Oh. Um, well, we're terrible some- is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, exactly. We're going to do some more medevacking, some crime fighting with Judge Anderson, hang out with the new Strontium Dogs, head to Cinnabar with Rogue Trooper, oh. and travel down to See You Dad Bet Kia with Judge Dredd on the trail of Barry and Moe. I love Cinnabuns. Exactly. And. <laughs> If you'd like, now's a great time, as you're hearing this, to send in some episode 200 well wishes. They just make it read right on the show. You know, sorry, not to be vain, but I think I would love it or I would appreciate it. And, you know, hopefully I'll survive this next episode. It'd be good times. Well. Um, <laughs> until then, I'm con- Yeah, until then, well. I'm Conrad. he's Fox. And we are Space Player 2000. Splendid Spongebob. <laughs>